Pro bono work always shows up. <laughs> right, here they come. There we go. Uh, President Trump's first date dinner is to honor the U.S. relationship with France at the White House last night. Trump raised a glass to French President Emmanuel Macron by pointing out the ties that bind the two nations and the common history between the U.S. and France going back to the Revolutionary War. That was after he earlier pointed out that the French president had dandruff on his shoulder. <laughs> Uh, First Lady Melania Trump wore a shimmering silver dress to the dinner. The menu included a rack of lamb, jambalaya, and wines from Oregon and California. So remember about a month ago they found that bobcat on the Gateway Clipper? Yes. Well, now officials are warning Kennedy Township residents that a bobcat was spotted in their area, which isn't all that far from where the clipper is. Kennedy Township police say the animal was seen in the woods near Wind River Drive. Residents are being told to not leave any food out, including bird feed, and to keep small pets inside. Ooh. Yeah, I don't like this. Well, I don't like more than one bobcat sighting in a, in yeah, a decade. Unusual. I missed the bobcat story. There was, uh, was was the bobcat on the abandoned gateway clipper? Like no one was on it? Or was there like a, you know, a graduation party going on in there? <laughs> I think it was a Clark's concert. <laughs> oh, really? No. I have there no, was nobody I, on it at the time. It kind of, I think it just wandered onto it. Yeah, it jumped from, I because oh. I did a, a thing at the clipper for opening day. And they were saying that the people saw a train came by and it was on the bank and got scared. So it jumped onto the boat. Oh, I I just hope they end up like uh, living over in Lawrenceville with every, you know, Mm -hmm. that'll drive them right out. (laughs) Nobody can afford to live there anymore. I don't know why, but I just get this vision of like the reliable old maintenance guy who's worked at the Gateway Clipper for like 30 years just coming in. Doing his normal sweep into the dance floor mm-hmm. and just like predator hearing like, like walking <laughs> yeah. in the dog. Oh, that's creeps me <laughs> I out. Know. Meanwhile, I mean, it's literally like a little bit bigger than a house cat. Yeah, they're like giant cats. Uh, but I thought it was like a panther when I when it was first <laughs> reported. Right. I was I, like, oh I, my god! I hear bobcat. I hear I I think mountain lion. Me too. I don't want to get bit by a house cat or a mountain lion, so let's just put them in the same category. Especially on the clipper. Yeah. <laughs> then you're just stuck out there. Right. You know. you're, no, you're trying to, if you're on the clipper, you're trying to see some nice foliage up in yeah. New Kensington or something. Scientists say they found a record amount of plastic in the Arctic sea ice. The discovery announced last night is adding to worries about how it might affect marine life and the health of people. Core samples taken in five regions of the Arctic Ocean are three times higher than levels in earlier studies. Researchers found fragments of packaging, nylon, paints, polyester, and cellulose acetate, which is used in cigarette filters. Experts say the findings give more weight to the fact that we are approaching near-permanent contamination of the Earth. Candy store Sugar Fina has joined with Corona Light Beer, and together they've come up with beer-flavored gummies. But first, Cerveza comes in the shape of a Corona Light and allegedly tastes like the beer. Here for a good lime is shaped like a slice of lime and tastes citrusy. The gummies are actually alcohol-free. They did launch online sales this week, and they'll be in stores by May 1st in plenty of time for Cinco de Mayo. I'm sorry, but a necessary component to enjoying alcohol is alcohol. Right. <laughs> right. No yeah. one would drink a gin flavored drink if that you didn't get a buzz off right. of that. I'm so sorry. When do these horrible tasting jello <laughs> shots? We're not gonna get drunk or anything, but it'll be nostalgic. But they're awful. How long <laughs> would you let a friend stay with you? Oh man. This is <laughs> only six percent of people say they would not be prepared to let them stay at all. 
Another 14% said they weren't sure they uh, sure they'd let a friend stay with them, so they're not they're on the fence. 13% said eh, one or two nights. 22% said up to a week. That was the most popular answer. Yeah. 14% said a month. Only 1% said up to a year. But 9% said they would let a friend stay indefinitely, which then isn't it just your roommate? It's case by case. It's a, it depends on how dire that, like, why is this person living with you? Right. Like, if their entire family died in a car crash, it's indefinite. Fa- That's family fine. was mangled by a bobcat on, right. the, clipper. <laughs> on the clipper. But if it's just a, uh, yeah, you know, my microwave is broken. Can I stay with you for a year? <laughs> right. Now, there was this kid in college who stayed at our dorm. He wasn't even my friend, which was even more annoying. Ugh. But they just let him stay there. He was there month after month and i'd wake up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and he'd be out eating our snacks and playing (laughs) nintendo at like four o'clock in the morning i'm like this dude is a piece of garbage that's the thing is that if somebody's staying with you they have to have like a goal also or there needs to be tragedy involved but if they're sitting around like smoking a joint and watching netflix and like going dude you gotta see this and you're like Hey man, you're 40. <laughs> I, like, I had two of Get my. It it's Tuesday. Two of my friends lived together for a long time, and the one got laid off from his job, and he was unemployed for like nine months. Oof. And but he would just you know he collected unemployment. He sat you know p- playing video games and stuff. He really had a great time. I, I have to give it to him. But the other guy got up and went to work like every single day, and the resentment that built between those two was unfathomable like towards the end the employed friends started collecting knives and i was like it's it's, it's like what what are you planning on doing with them he's just like i don't know i'm just starting to really feel you know like (laughs) medieval knives and different assortments of knives check out these chinese stars i was like dude you got to get a job uh directors of the highly anticipated (laughs) avengers infinity war sharing a spoiler warning ahead of the movie's world premiere the latest marvel film was shown for the first time this week in la directors the russo brothers took to twitter to share a typed note next to an infinity gauntlet that read if you truly want to avoid all spoilers until you see the film we recommend you abstain from social media and the internet in general until you have an opportunity to get to the theater In the film, Iron Man, Thor, the Hulk, and the rest of the Avengers unite to battle their most powerful enemy yet, the evil Thanos. Uh, Movie hits theaters this Friday, but I think they start like Thursday showings, actually. Uh, You can find the trailer if you haven't seen it on the morning show page at dve.com. And the first official full-length trailer for another Marvel movie, Venom. Uh, It's also on the morning show page as well. Uh, That stars Tom Hardy. Venom won't be in theaters until October 5th, but they're already starting to promote it. Now, Thanos, is that a already uh, well-regarded villain? Did they create these for the movies? I don't know. Thanos, uh, you know, again... Not to reveal my dweeb card here too much, but uh, Thanos is basically like Marvel's version of like Brainiac to Superman. Like he's uh, like one of the like marquee villains. Okay, <laughs> so I heard at, <laughs> right at my boxing workout. <laughs> <laughs> I started trying to watch. Like I'm starting. I called our buddy Huffy, who's like a comic. He's the superhero guru. Yeah, comic book aficionado, and he told me sort of the the order in which I have to watch these things. So I'm starting that project because it is a project. I hate to say it, but like 
12-year-old me would be looking at 34-year-old me being like, why aren't you going to every single one of these movies? But I'm tapped out. Like, I don't... This is supposed to be, like, the biggest Marvel movie. Like, big things are going to happen, yeah. and I don't care anymore. Dude, 14-year-old me would be like, this is all we ever wanted. Yeah, exactly. What are you doing? Get your head in the game. Are Pittsburghers putting an S on the end of it? Infinity Wars? Because it's just Infinity War, right? Did I say I might have No, you didn't. It. Oh, Maybe it is, no, no. yeah. No, but I've called it that, so I'm assuming it's mm-hmm. just my, you know, the Pittsburgh culture seeping in. I'm like, he's going to go see that at Infinity Wars. <laughs> is this a sequel to Civil Wars? Uh... Cause that that was that's one of the Avengers, isn't it? See, that'd be a great thing if Ken Burns actually narrated the entire uh, 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 <laughs> Infinity War trailer. <laughs> Forecast today: scattered showers, upper fifties for the high. It's fifty now at DVE. Jeff Conkle, Mr. Wednesday's here. Got him right here. What's going on, man? How are you? That's the song that you play on the on the bye week when we're waiting to to play the Capitals. That's right. Well, the first game is set tomorrow night, seven o'clock in D.C. The Penguins and the the uh, Capitals go at it again, again, again. I forgot how much I hated them because I was watching Ooh. some clips of uh, Matt Niskanen cross-checking Crosby in the face oh, yesterday, yeah. and I would, it's I'm just like back in it, and I I yep. hate their guts. Uh, Phil Bork will be talking about it later on the show. Mark Madden will be doing the same. Mike Pursuta gets you up to speed. Uh, now that we know, it's only the first game is set. They don't have the rest of the series. I hate when they do this. I'd like to plan ahead. Yeah. We're all going for a ride here. Give us a little bit of, I don't understand of the triptych. what the holdup is because game seven for Boston and Toronto is tonight. It's not like it's going to go any further. Right. Yeah, but well, I was talking to Mike in the hallway, and he's, he thinks that if Toronto wins, hockey night in Canada is basically like Monday night football, mm-hmm. so the ratings would be huge. So Saturday they want to, if they do win, they want to postpone that to like a Saturday mm-hmm. night so they get huge ratings, I think. Um, that, so that might be why. All right, we'll delve a little further into it with Mike uh, coming up at the bottom of the hour. Yesterday we had a story uh, that we touched on briefly. In China, by 2020, everybody's going to have a personal rating, like your Uber rating. Ugh, but it will allow good. you to do things or not do things based on your rating. Now, this was a Black Mirror episode that had a kind of a comic touch to it. Uh, it's uh, There are terrifying overtones to this, uh, but I don't want to talk about any of those. I want to talk about the usefulness of it. <laughs> if, there was a, if there was a way for us all to agree... On a set of behavior that must be uh, adhered to. Yes. In Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh specific. That is to say, things that will keep you from, if you accumulate enough points, uh, maybe using the four-pit tunnel. <laughs> uh, you know, going to a Steelers game, going to a Penguins game. You're not allowed to do those things. Yeah, if, if you, you know, accumulate a certain rewards. amount of points. Yeah. So where would the fouls occur? Pittsburgh-centric fouls. There are many. I mean, the things that annoy you about any Pittsburgher, I guess you could, you know, start to rack up points if you slow down going into the tunnel. If you... you I feel like a lot of them are traffic-based, and one that I feel like Mm -hmm. is like a, you know, that's a good karma, is if you see somebody that needs to turn left, and you're both at a red light, and you let them do the Pittsburgh left, like you give them a little flash of that that, uh, high beams, Mm -hmm. that's good karma. I'll give one person the Pittsburgh left. 
Not three. No, no, no. no. no that's no, no. second person takes that's it. That's understood, He's a, isn't it? Again, second and or third person that goes horn. That's a that's a demerit. Horn. That's a demerit though. That's, that's a that's I'm a Chinese. Ram into the side of you. That's a China point. Minus one. <laughs> Not getting the thank you wave. Boy, do you hate that? Oh yeah, yeah I'm big on that too, Val. Boy, do you can't hate? stand. Oh, I know it. a negative one. Uh, wearing a blue Penguins jersey to a Steeler game. <laughs> well, boo. See, that's a great one. I have one along those lines, and it's the crossing the streams one. I think this is a big one. This is like a triple infraction to me. Anybody that has more than one, if you have a Steelers hat, Mm. a Penguins jersey, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or a Pirates hat, Steelers jersey, uh, and you have a Penguins hoodie pulled over the top of it. Wow, that's the trifecta. Yeah, that's too much. I think there should be no doubling up, period. I think Ever. It, I think it's just like multiplying negative numbers. If you have a Penguins hat on and a Penguins jersey, that's too much. It's too much Penguins. I think so. I have item. I have worn Pirates hats to Penguin games many times. I think the Pirate hat is different. I think the Pirate hat is a universal thing. That's like a- I've seen people rock Steeler jerseys and Pirate hats. The P is just I don't know. I agree with you. I think that that is the uh the uh universal giver blood type. Right, that's a typo. Yeah. But yeah. it has to just be the P. It can't be, the you big, know, it can't say pirates huge across no, the side No, 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 just the standard Chuck DP. Yes. Oh, wait about, what about, and this is not a unique to Pittsburgh, I don't think, the truck testicles that hang, oh. hang on the... Truck nuts. That's, that's greater Pittsburgh, I say you see that. The hang for, on the but yes, trailer hitch. You don't like those? Ah, oh, so annoying. All right, that's a point. More than one bumper sticker. <laughs> That's a point. Point. Wait, what are you doing? What, 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 why, oh. why are you turning uh, the back of your car into a billboard? This is along the same line as the testicles. Wearing shirts that say the F word on it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> people, yes. Oh, you've never seen people wear not, that? Not, not, not outside of Key West. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, I've definitely mm-hmm. seen that. I, I think I used to... This is a, a great uh, parenting story, but... I went to, there used to be this wrestling federation called ECW, and it was, like, known for being hardcore and, like, pushing the edge and everything like that. And a guy, Terry Funk, used to uh, wrestle there. And uh, we go to see him at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center. I'm, like, 12 years old, and I go uh, and buy a shirt from Terry Funk, and it it says, Funk You, on it. And I'm in (laughs) sixth grade, so I come back wearing this shirt, and my dad goes, what's that? I was like, yeah, it says Funk You, and he goes, go take it back. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, but I can't take it back. I don't want to take it back. And he's just like, I'm not having my son wear like walking around wearing that. Now that's that was funk you. That was at least a little bit of a play on words. Yeah. The other people who are just like, you know, Ray Lewis is or like Pittsburgh F and Steelers or whatever. Yeah. Like, that's just classless. Yes. Yeah, right. So so that can be agreed. That's swearing, a <clears throat> swearing at any game more than once. Like, you know, if you excessive. Yeah. yeah. Excessive yes. excessive swearing. Big time demerit. I think any anyone who wears one of those leather jackets with all the Super Bowls on the back of them. <laughs> yeah, that's a bad one. I mean, mm-hmm. you're just not allowed to do anything that's ever a, again. That's a demerit. Um, one that I hate, uh, uh, the dudes who have the either the cars or the bikes with the huge engines and in the tunnel, they want to rev as oh, loud yeah. as they possibly mm-hmm. can so that everybody in the tunnel has to hear the like you know motorcycle flatulence. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When they got a rabbit. just gunning it. Like, yeah. Dude, come, come on, on, man. Come on. That's a point. Well, Anybody who works out at the gym 
with jean shorts and Timberland <laughs> boots. It's like, we get it, dude. You spent time in jail. All right? <laughs> Some of us are trying to get a nice sweat in. Anybody that jogs in the snow. Did I ever tell you about There's the grossest the thing I ever saw in Pittsburgh? The <laughs> grossest thing that I ever saw in Pittsburgh was I was down at the south side. There was an open mic called the Smiling Moose, and I was just walking to the Smiling Moose, and there was a hot yoga class that was like three doors down from the Smiling Moose that had just let out. And I saw a girl come out of the hot yoga class with a towel and just ring it out oh. on the sidewalk. <laughs> right no. on the sidewalk. That's minus two points. Full traffic. Oh. That is disgusting. Oh, that's bad. Because uh, I've done the hot yoga and uh, sweat a lot. That towel is full. Drop some, some serious water weight. Yeah. Um, all right. That's a point or two. I mean, oh, I think that's... Don't you think that one thing we should bring back... In general, is don't you think we should start banishing people? Remember banishment? <laughs> well, yes. this is yeah. where this is banish leading. people. This is what is leading to you no longer shaming in this area. You You're unfit to in live society. in this area. Right. I this, think those people should be banished. This is what we're working towards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It starts out with not being able to go to games, not being able to use some of the traffic. You can't use the Armstrong Tunnel, stuff like that. You, you know. Right. And then eventually you work your way up to. You know what? You're banished. And, you, and you Johnstown could be like our version of Australia. Like all the criminals <laughs> and social. Just, <laughs> that, that would just, that's, Let's say that's like Parkersburg. Let's say yeah. like further away. Let's get them across yeah. the state okay. lines. Allentown. The other way. <laughs> Hagerstown. Yeah. Somewhere. So can you earn your way back in <laughs> Well, now that's an interesting question. Yes. Yeah. There are good things good you behavior, can do. Good behavior always. One of them would be, Val, uh, uh, the wave. You get the wave. You, you get points taken off you your You get demerits. a point back. Yeah. Yeah. And we'd all have the, you know, like in the Black Mirror episode, we all have the power to restore points to somebody. I think you should like, get yeah, notifications. Nice thing. Right, exactly. Like, say you do that, say say you, you know, Val lets you in and you don't give her the wave. She reports you. Right. Then you get a notification. You've been reported. Right. We're on, you, your, your account You're is under monitored. review. Right. And there so are maybe cameras. next time they wave. Right. And there's cameras everywhere. So, you know, you'll be able to go through some sort of... I'm not saying this is a perfect thing. I, I think it's well, largely... We're just kicking things would around be, here. Corrupt this is nice, awful. This is nice in theory, but let's talk about where, like on a scale of 1 to 10, where do you think, like what star rating would you get as a Pittsburgh citizen? Uh, well, I I'll think tell my you right. rating would be pretty pretty high. I'm a my, pretty courteous fella. I would get infractions so. for the way... That I get into the tunnel because a lot of people. I think I do it the right way personally. Oh, you go all the way up. Well, I I let traffic. I don't bottleneck. You know, right where you're coming into. Are you talking which which well, direction? Well, the one in Banksville tunnel? Road that goes down into the tunnel. Okay. Yes. The, the, inbound. Yes, mm -hmm. you got to cut across some lanes. You have to. Well, I just stay right all the way and let like you know everybody else is like jamming up the traffic coming out. I go down and then ease Cut in, in at the end. Some people <laughs> so I, I like, don't think when, like that. When you're, when you're you merging, go, do you do you have that thought where it's in the, it was on that uh, the replacements with Adam Sandler when they're doing the onside kick? Like every time I'm merging, I, I look at the entire row of cars and go, "There's my bitch." And then I, <laughs> that's, oh, yeah. that's the one that I, I did it to, yesterday. Like it was like I it it does feel very like. Uh, domineering like planet earth you know and you're like driving <laughs> along in the line you're like who's gonna be the first one yeah. someone's looking at their phone yeah. someone's not gonna move with the traffic i am the alpha and then as soon as you see the gap happen a little bit you're like there it is bam and you're like that, a pelican either that's somebody like driving, driving down driving a toyota yaris you're like yeah i'm coming in buddy 
Well, sometimes I even start whining. I'm like, I, I belong in here. I have to get over. You have to let me. I'm going to have to go to the West End Circle, and I don't want to go to the West End Circle. What, you know, now again, now, you know, there are, it's awful to think that people are going to be raided, and they're not, there's 11 million Chinese who are not allowed to fly right now because of their personal raid. Wow, that Whoa. many? 11 million. Uh, that sounds like a lot. But right. when yeah. you factor Relative in the total is- population of China, <laughs> it's like less than 1%. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike Pursuit coming in next, and we're talking pens, caps. Game one is tomorrow night in D.C. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuit with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Game one is set, Mike. That it is. Sports this hour brought to you by Xfinity from Comcast. Before we get to uh, the pens, caps, which we're going to be talking about a lot. I just want to follow up on your guys' discussion about the hats and the shirts. Crossing the streams. Proper apparel. Um, My parents were from Aliquippa, and they moved to Philly in 1961. They always sought out people with Pittsburgh hats. In the summer, it was the P, Mm -hmm. and in the winter, it was the Steeler Tossel. Steeler Tossel, yeah. And that would, hey, are you from, you know, and then that would Mm -hmm. invariably create conversation. That was a Pittsburgh statement, I always thought. Oh, for sure. Just the hat. You know, the hat by itself. I wear I wear the yeah. hat every time I fly. Just because it helps identify. It is. I, I like doing that because you know what gate you're supposed to be at. Yeah, right. Like, is this the right one? There's like 17 other people with Steelers jerseys. Like, yeah. all right, go. Looking for the Fanica jersey. I was thought just hard. the hat was a Western Pennsylvania thing, not a specific team thing. Which um, is kind of cool. But, you know. In terms of wearing the pirate hat. To- or, the, or if it's winter, you're wearing that old. Old, that old school right. black and gold Steeler tossel cap, yeah. which in the seventies everybody had one. Of but those. what about sure. just the you know uh, etiquette of wearing it to a different sporting event? It doesn't matter. You know, I'm a like big you- fan of everybody can do what they want. Uh, it's supposed to be fun. If you, yeah, if you you know do what you want to do. The only thing that I always think eh, that's really not the way you ought to be going is like to me a Clemente jersey, a twenty one with Clemente on the back. He never wore his name. Uh, that, yeah, I see what you're saying. That never happened. Mm, I, never, I didn't yeah. know that. That's overkill. Just like a Franco t- Harris Penn State jersey. Okay. 21 is Clemente. Yes. And, and it's, whenever I go to New York and I go to Yankee Stadium, old or new, you see a bunch of people with Mantle 7, uh-uh, Barra 8, Ruth 3. Right. It, it's just the number. Certain guys are so great that the number is who they were. Right. What about customized jerseys? So wearing a Pirates jersey with 21 with your, you know, Wazjowski on the back or something like that. Well, here's what I would say about that. I'm not a fan of it, but if people want to do it, go ahead. But you sure as hell can't put a 21 right. on there in a yeah. Pirate uniform. Yeah. You can't I, put a 7 in the Yankees. You can't put a 4 in the Red Sox. You can't, like, you know. I've heard that theory, too, that you're not supposed to put your name on the back. I would disagree, but, yeah, you better not put. Use Adam McHenry's number, don't not Clemente's. Don't put Smith 66 <laughs> right. on a Penguins jersey. Yeah. Exactly. All right. On to the pens. And, you know, the other thing, too, what, these these gold outs or white outs or whatever, people spend a lot of money for jerseys. That's what I yeah. was saying. They really like them. I heard you talking about it. You're like, I'm not wearing this T-shirt. Oh, I can't wear my old Sables t-shirt. Yeah. 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 I got to wear this crappy T-shirt. Yeah. Nah, wear what you want to wear. Have fun. Get loud. Have a couple pops. The last time I went to a game, there was a gold out, and since I'm a bad fan, I had a jersey yeah. on that I refused to cover with the gold. Good Sorry. For, good for you. Also, I think it's different in Pittsburgh because we the, the synergy of the colors yeah. we've we've uh, we've uniformed the colors across all sports. Yeah. And it's black and gold. I think Pittsburgh's one of the jerseyest wearing towns out there. No question. Oh yeah, there's I, no doubt. People show up 
wearing the stuff. You don't have to. At church. You don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> at their own funerals. Bill and I have attended oh, a funeral with yes. someone buried in a Joey Porter jersey. Yep. Wow. That happened. You don't have to give them a cheap T-shirt to, you know, get them on board. They're they're ahead of you on that. So. As long as you don't have a gold out at the funeral, I think it's <laughs> yeah, really fine. I mean, fair. people buy suits. They want to wear them, you yeah. know. It's we, more of a blackout need- event anyways. <laughs> Let's party hard, not not good music for the lowering of the casket. Well, you know. <laughs> no. He teaches on. Play Renegade. <laughs> he partied hard. Pens and Caps will get started on Thursday night. That's uh, tomorrow, game one, 7 o'clock in D.C. That'll be followed by San Jose at Las Vegas at 10. On Friday, it's going to be the Jets and the Predators at 8. And uh, now we've got the asterisk part of the second round. On Saturday, April the 28th, uh, the Bruins and Lightning would play at 3 o'clock if the Bruins win, and the Maple Leafs uh, hmm. would play the Lightning in Tampa at 8 o'clock if they win tonight. That's Game 7 hmm. tonight between Boston and Toronto. That's the last game left on the first round docket. Uh, Pens and Caps, of course, uh, familiar series. We talked a lot about the history of it. Yesterday, uh, they have played uh, 10 times previously in the postseason. They've played in each of the last two preseasons, and that's going to make what starts tomorrow night have a familiar ring to it on television, in the stands, and on the ice. Here's Sidney Crosby. You know, we've seen them a lot the last couple of years, and um, both teams know each other well. So, um, yeah, I think both teams know what to expect. Yeah, both teams have undergone some changes personnel-wise since last season, but uh, both teams have also uh, developed to the extent that uh, Mike Sullivan suggested yesterday both of them might be better than they were a year ago. You know, they, they have similar personnel. Their their core is, is still intact. They're, uh, they're a really good hockey team and uh, very much like our team. And so I, I don't think there's... I don't think there's drastic differences. I think they're a little bit more evolved. They're a little bit more mature, as our team is. And so... Uh, but other than that, I think uh, you know they're a very competitive team, uh, as they have been year in and year out with with the core of, uh, of of players that they have. I think he makes a great point there. Uh, the Penguins are clearly uh, better off for having won the cup again. More confidence, uh, mm-hmm. e- even even more convinced that they can be resilient and they can figure out uh, you know whatever confronts them at a given time and the Capitals coming off of what they did against Columbus winning that series the way they did that was a very uncapital like thing yeah. to, to lose the first two at home in OT and then go ahead and win Pull four in a row yeah. against a pretty tough team uh, both are also uh, in for a tougher time than they were in the previous round uh, you know Washington thinks now that it has some resiliency and some heart and some character and some grit it's going to be harder to be gritty against Pittsburgh than it was against Columbus and uh, same thing for the Penguins. Uh, you know, they, they were able to bounce back uh, when necessary. It's not going to be quite as easy. Uh, I don't think the Caps are going to be hemorrhaging up the turnovers the way the Flyers did, uh, allowing the Penguins opportunities to score as many goals as they did. I feel like if the Capitals somehow managed to lose this series, which would make them, what, 10-1 and one against the Penguins' lifetime in the playoffs. 1-10. 1-10. Or they would make them two and ten, I guess, if they won. They would have to dismantle the entire organization. They're, how how could you how could you possibly put up with that record after that? Yeah, I think you're. Uh, you know, I thought they were going to blow it up after last year. I I know people that uh, have given up on them 
I, just because they're tired of the annual postseason disappointment. Sure. To your earlier point, though, this is probably the best matchup on the Capitals' end in terms of the way they're constructed and where the Penguins are right now. Sure, they've got the poise. You know, the third period of that game six showed you the poise of a two-time Stanley Cup yes, champion. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that only that gets you so far. You know, and I, I am really worried about the league's leading scorer coming in and just having a field day. What do you have? Six goals against Columbus? Ovi? Yeah. Five. Okay. Um, th- Vegas has it uh, a slight favorite. Penguins are a slight favorite. They Not were th- they were a pretty significant favorite against. Remove the pedigree, and I, I think that's about right. Yeah. Um, special teams are going to be monster. Can't big. go in, zero for five on a power play in terms of. What you do with the power play and how many opportunities you provide. And then we'll see if this is the better Braden Holpe. You know, he's, had, uh, he's come into series before with uh, a glowing resume mm-hmm. and it hasn't worked out for him. Uh, now, you know, this is the guy that was benched and uh, now he's resurrected his game and he's back and I don't supposed, know why. supposedly better than he was before and more uh, more able to handle this kind of thing. We'll see. The sight of Holtby with his mask up, taking a swig of water after he's just been scored on at PPG Paints Arena is just something that I can't wait to watch. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited for that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that as well. Oh, I'm such a pessimist. You know Tom Wilson's going to be active in this oh. one too. He's going to be chipping it away. Like They had to watch the game tape of, of us versus Philly and go, oh, okay, so they can still be drawn in a little bit. Well, we'll have to test that. Yeah, I would I would say that's an accurate assessment on your part, Bill. Hmm. I, I think it, it was a little crack. No, I don't think a, a, a major fissure, but, oh, yeah, they're not totally immune. They, they still do a stupid thing every once in a while, and sometimes you can convince them to do that. Letang still flips out. Mm-hmm. Oh. For you, example. You know Malkin's game. If yeah. he's out there, he's going to retaliate. So, yeah, Sounds I think, like he's not going to be out there, though, huh? For at least for game one. Well, I didn't practice yesterday, and Haglund didn't practice yesterday. They're day-to-day moving forward. Mackey talked with, uh, As we all with Shane, and he, he mm-hmm. said, you know, he was speaking in that, <clears throat> like, in absolute, like, we're going to have to be a lot better without him, and we know what it's going to mm-hmm. be. You know what I mean? Yeah. One thing I think is, if you're a Penguins fan, take heart. Uh, Sullivan uh, spoke yesterday uh, about the decision to move Shane up to the second line as an obvious one because they liked how he played the second half of the season that much, mm-hmm. and they liked the Broussard, Sheary, Rust line that much. I thought that was a really interesting decision, but they they are all in, and uh, it's it's interesting. You listen to Sullivan. Uh, talk throughout the year. He's been uh, pumping Shane's tires ever since January. Uh, I think that might be legit in in his mind. Uh, you hear him pump Crystal Tang's tires a lot. I think they're trying to prop him up a little bit and and not you know accentuate the positive, not the negative in his inconsistent game. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll come back. The Capitals once again are trying to keep the Penguins fans from having the uh, big <laughs> celebration on the National Portrait Gallery. Uh, steps post game. <laughs> well, maybe luck. the government will run out of money Good and they'll shut that, that down. Yeah, well, that, that's probably more likely than Penn's fans not finding their way into that game. That'll stop. We'll it. tell you their latest we got friends Floyd. down there. Also, more There's with other uh, ways. Mr. Wednesday, Jeff Conkle, Phil Bork, eight forty five. It is the DVE Morning Show. We were just talking about. I, I'm, I'm going to change gears and talk about what we were just talking about off air. Uh, Mel Kiper and the draft tomorrow. Now, Mel Kiper, 
a long storied history. And, you know, some people just uh, were born and uh, Mel Kuyper was already on ESPN. But there was a time, millennials, when Mel Kuyper was just a guy in his house in Baltimore. And he would make, uh, uh, it looked like a yearbook. It was like a pamphlet, a newsletter, in which he would rank all of the potential NFL draftees. It looked like something he would type up and then take to somewhere and get copies. Kinkos. Made. Yeah. Yes. And, <laughs> and then mail that to you. Yes. Wow. So That's a lot of work. A long time ago. My brother was, you know, an up-and-coming, uh, you know, college player. He's a place kicker. And so he was ranked as one of the top ones to potentially be drafted. So my dad, who's, you know, a maniac, you know, uh, athlete's parent, was all over it. And he wanted to know, hey, oh, hey, hey, what are the, co- you know, what are the, the scouts saying and stuff like that. So we were constantly, from the time my brother what was What kind of house son- is my son going to buy me eventually? But he ranked mm-hmm. them by year. So by the time my brother was a sophomore, he was already in the, like, Kuiper rankings, and so we would get these books and, you know, it just is what it, it was, what it was. You thought, oh, this guy's some maniac football fan and maybe he has press credentials somewhere. But he wasn't on ESPN and the draft wasn't a thing you watched. Well, many years right, later, he was in some hotel banquet room. <laughs> so he eventually worked his way into becoming Mel Kuyper that everybody knows. And ESPN monetized this entire thing. and The NFL turned it into a humongous television show. Which starts tomorrow. And this year it's going to be a humongous live event. Yeah. They're having it at a stadium. Jerry Jones uh, Stadium. Right. That's just insanity. How Where many was people do you think are going to go to that? Uh, I'm scared to see. Uh, it, it's going to be revealing to me the level of sickness that has pervaded. Pittsburgh's own The Common Heart is going to be performing. Really? So awesome. Yes. Whoa. Wow. Uh, down at the NFL draft. And... Oh, it's a great gig. And then they're going to play Jazz Fest with Los Lobos in New Orleans. They're How, playing the draft? Yeah, they're playing the flipping draft. How cool is that? Yeah, no, they're... I hope they don't get hit with any full beers from Eagles fans <laughs> yeah. that are already jacked up about whoever the Eagles are going to take. Good point. But at one point in time, people were like, who the hell is this Mel Kuyper guy? He came out of nowhere. What are his uh, credentials? And one of those guys was the former Colts GM, Bill Tobin, who was super pissed because... Kuyper went on a rampage just tearing them a new one for not drafting Trent Dilfer when they needed a quarterback because they drafted Trev Alberts instead. And he was like, why in the hell would they do this? This is a dumb thing. Because they had Harbaugh at the number, time. Yeah, they, they, they only had Jim Harbaugh. And he's like, you're, number, you know, you're picking number two every year for a reason because you do things like mm-hmm. this, and, you know, just being, you know, probably back in a time when he felt like the reins were off a little bit more than they were now. So then ESPN interviews the Colts GM after that, and he's like, who the hell is... Who in the hell is Mel Kuyper, in a way? <laughs> I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. In my knowledge of him, he's never ever put on a jock strap. He's never been a coach. He's never been a scout. He's never been an administrator. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our papers two days ago telling us who we have to take. We don't have to take anybody that Mel Kuyper says we have to take. <laughs> Mel Kuyper has no more credentials to do what he's doing than my neighbor, and my neighbor's a postman, and he doesn't even have season tickets to the NFL. Yeah. Well, again, dubious as to whether or not his neighbor's actually a postman. Maybe yeah. postmaster general. Yeah, I could see that. Um, he owns a bunch of post offices. <laughs> he's the CEO of UPS. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> mailboxes, etc. Right. So that was Bill Tobin basically making Mel Kuyper's career there, helping to, uh, you know, create his his on-screen persona. Darren Rovell tweeted this out yesterday. 
that it was yesterday in 1994 that this all went down. And Tobin went on a tirade. I mean, it lasted over several uh, press conferences and interview. He was just tearing into Mel Kuyper because Mel Kuyper was being so critical of the Colts. But see, I feel like Mel Kuyper is a is a conduit to the fans. And the fans, I think, because he has all his statistics and rankings and v- graphics and everything like that, they buy into what he has to say and believe it a lot more than maybe what the, the GMs of their own team do. So the question to Mike is like, do do the GMs or the the you know administrative people of these teams do they give a crap what the fan if the fans think they got a good pick or the bad pick or, or the, do they feel the pressure the Mel Kiper pressure? I think it depends what kind of franchise you have. If you're having a hard time selling tickets, like if the Browns don't pick they, Saquon Barkley, who's supposed to be number one across the board, like is that is that is the fans' reaction to that even a, a, a conversation that's happening in the Browns' office? Uh Probably, I don't know. probably not in the Browns' office because there's <laughs> there people still show up to their games. Yeah, but, uh, you know, if you have a iffy fan base, if you're not making money or you're yeah. really having a hard time selling tickets, I shouldn't say if you're not making money. They're all making money with TV, but uh, so the Buccaneers are in trouble. I think they're. Co- I think teams are cognizant as to whether or not their fan bases are happy or uh, a little bit honked off. Uh, I don't think that bleeds down into who they draft, but. It's probably like a parent. Like I, I understand, but this is the, this is what's really best for you. I know you want a cookie, but you need some broccoli right now. I Every know. year, I'm always like, "Who's that guy that you know, the Steelers drafted?" And I mean, <laughs> they're pretty good at it, so I trust them. Well, here's the thing: it doesn't matter whether Mel Kiper is right or wrong. He created right a niche for himself, not just for himself. I think he helped blow this whole thing up. Mm-hmm. Like the NFL should give him. A bonus check every year. Here's Bill Tobin teeing off on uh, Kuiper even more later that week. He reaches out to everyone. I got a sister in Burlington Junction, Missouri, that when we took William Perry back in 84 or 85, I talked to her two days later and she said, why'd you take the fat kid? And I said, you just have to believe me, he was, he was the best available. And he was the best available. But, I mean, Mel Kuiper gets to your sister. He gets to your mother. He gets to everybody. ESPN should have used that as a draft promo. Yeah. Mel Kuyper no. gets to your, gets sister. To your sister. I've actually ranked your family. <laughs> that, oh, dude, how great would that be? It'd be awesome. What a great Christmas gift to give your your uh, your family if you could get Mel Kuyper to rank your relatives. But, I mean, look how <laughs> look how far this has come since Mel Kuyper. Now the NFL has a network, the NFL Network. Yeah, and they've got not just Mike Mayock. That's basically his gig. Yeah, but he's is, really good. Is to yeah, be the draft guy. Mm-hmm. But they have other guys there with him. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah and Charles Davis. They start, uh, and I know this because I watch all this crap. I tape it. They televise the practices at the Senior Bowl. They televise the East West game. They televise the combine. Yeah, it's crazy. The combine seven hours a day. Mm. A guy's running forties and running around cones. Yeah. And people are into it. They can't get enough. Yeah, this is Mel Kiper started this all. Yes, he, not, he didn't just create a really what turned out to be a really well-paying niche for himself. He blew this whole thing sky high. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And again, you know, he can be wrong. So, yeah, it doesn't matter. Long, a live doesn't long matter. day. It does not matter. He definitely revealed to the people in the NFL that make the decisions that there is an endless appetite for every kind of minutia, yep. anything about football, any peek behind the curtain, any statistical thing that they can get an eye on, 
They're going to tune in. But what? it was it predates rotisserie baseball, fantasy football. I mean, it was probably not predates rotisserie baseball. It was right around the same time. But it it was probably the first indication the NFL had of the willing fanaticism. Yes, the untapped but, market of the off season. But how did he? How did he do it? Starting out, because I feel like with the internet now, it's probably a lot easier to aggregate all that data. How could he yeah. even produce this yearbook that you're talking about with no? Dude, I mean, was he traveling to every you know yes. podunk high school get, to look at would, the six eight guy? Well, who and could he started with the media too. Yes, because guys were looking for the easiest way to cover the draft. Oh, uh, and instead of having to do your own research and your own work, you just get the Mel Kiper book. Oh. Hmm. Eagles need an outside linebacker, and they're six rated in the first round this year. And That's crazy. But you could literally just have, I'm sure, a house full of college like uh, like press kits. For, you know, at the beginning of every year, he knew every player in the league. He probably, you know, just devised his own ranking system and then easily identified need on every player. Probably every had team. probably had a scout or two that he knew somehow. Yeah, and it was getting a little inside stuff. To you know, to kind of maybe his his right. frame is his, his starting point. And I just throw like your own opinion in there without without video evidence, like of the combine. You know, how are you verifying that this somebody can bench you know uh, two twenty five for twenty reps or something like that? It just seems like a creepy thing, like Mel Kiper lurking outside of school, like you You're mind right. showing me what you run your forty in. <laughs> well, don't forget, like a lot of those colleges, particularly back then, were trying to find ways to promote players. So if a guy called up and saying, you know, they um, want to tout their the you know potential NFL career you know I mean I remember you know way back the, uh, for the Mountaineers when my brother played a guy named Brian Joswiak was the star you know he's a lineman him. but it didn't matter he was on the cover of everything because he was definitely going to yeah. the NFL so he was the star because like oh he's gonna be playing in the NFL next year so he helped you know you call an SID at any university and you're like hey tell me who do you like uh, you know who's getting sniffed around there for uh you know for the NFL and they're just more than happy telling you so everything. really Kuiper was kind of like a funnel for marketing in a lot of ways for colleges too it just it, it makes you wonder how many scenarios like this still exist in the world now that the internet is here are there any areas like this untapped where someone could just take it upon themselves and create a position be the next thing yeah it it almost ushered in the era of it doesn't matter if you're right or wrong, it matters how strong an opinion you have. Oh, yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. And that has uh, yeah. grown see. exponentially in, in a lot of things besides the draft. So, See, I knew Mel Kuyper was to blame for where we're at right now. <laughs> oh, but he's a genius, man. He he figured it out. He beat the system. He, he did. Jeff Conkle, Mr. Wednesday, he beats the system every day. But mainly on Wednesday. Yeah. It's just really today. <laughs> he beats it on Wednesdays. Uh, Thursday, wait the, a second. <laughs> Thursday, the system beats Hold me up pretty second. good. <laughs> Just Wednesday? What do you got coming up, uh, Jeff? I'm going to be at the uh, Skokel Club down at the south side with uh, John Evans and Mike Sasson nice. on uh, on Very Saturday. Nice. Is Brian Jawsweak going to be with you? Jawsweak. No, he's not going to be there. Went on to an illustrious career Scale. with Mike Sasson, though, former D1 uh, uh, offensive lineman with the uh, University of Connecticut, though. No Turned kidding. comedian. Yeah. He's a Husky. That's one. That's a good apt adjective for yeah. him. He is quite <laughs> he's, he's a large yeah. fella. <laughs> He's a, yes, he's a big man. Good deal. So he doesn't get heckled much. <laughs> no, I love being on shows with him because he's like an inherent bouncer. <laughs> <laughs> Val's got your news next. What do you got, Valerie? Well, we haven't had one of these in a long time. I've got a penis hacking story. Oh, another one. Yes. Nice. I mean, no. 
It's been a while. Also, we're going to be setting you up with a chance to go to every game in the upcoming series. Home oh, game. man. Home game. Between the, so that's uh, three games, hopefully, between the Caps and the yeah. Penguins. I'll tell you how you can win those when we come back. This is along the same line as the testicles. Wearing shirts that say the F word on it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> people, yes. Oh, you've never seen people wear not, not very Not outside of Key West. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, I've definitely seen that. I, I think I used to, this is a, a great uh, parenting story, but... I went to, there used to be this wrestling federation called ECW, and it was, like, known for being hardcore and, like, pushing the edge and everything like that. And the guy, Terry Funk, used to uh, wrestle there. And uh, we go to see him at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center. I'm, like, 12 years old, and I go uh, and buy a shirt from Terry Funk. It it says, Funk You on it. And I'm in sixth grade, so I come back wearing this shirt. My dad goes, what's that? I was like, yeah, it says Funk You. And he goes, go take it back. And I was like, but I can't take it back. I don't want to take it back. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Yeah, the closest I ever came to a dirty shirt, I had one of those like uh, Big Johnson surfboard company shirts Yeah, like when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. And I remember I went to uh, church with my friend's mom. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about it. Like I stayed over at his house because I used to stay there all yeah. the time on the weekends. And that she's always like, jammed you up, the outfit you had on the night before. Yeah, and she's like, honey, we're going to church. You want to go? And I was like, yeah, that's fine. I'll go. And I, so I went, and I was standing next to her, and she's like, what does your shirt say? And like, we're in the pews, and it's a, I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> it says Big Johnson Surfboard Company. Like, I'm really sorry. <laughs> when he and took then, communion, uh, did the priest say, how you doing? <laughs> yeah, he's like, I have one of those. <laughs> no, it, was, uh, it wasn't the front so much because it only had the little pocket graphic, but the back was like, you Full. know, the stupid cartoon, yep. like a dude, like, you know, the surfboard between his legs, like, yeah, big judge and surfboards. My brother had the same shirt, except it was Big Peckers. Yeah. And he got it at Ocean City. Yeah, it was one of those. <laughs> and I was like 15 in... Uh, after that, I made sure to be very careful about what T-shirts I wore to church. Yeah. I, uh, I dated a guy who used to wear a shirt that said, get a job, and it was two skeletons engaged in oral sex. Really? <laughs> oh, my God. How did you not date or uh, like break up with him on the spot? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was, did your was... parents ever see him wear that shirt? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, my God. I, no. I could not imagine your dad abiding that. No. Did he wear it to the first date? Uh, no. Get a job. <laughs> you like this shirt? That was the bad. Can you relate that to it? That was the bad boy. That was the bad guy. That was the bad was Costanza. The, the bad boy. Yeah. The guy that smoked pot every day. I still can't believe you hung out with a... I guess everybody goes I through a loser phase. I didn't know. Because he never got high around me. Oh, well, that was nice of him. And I would... consider a pot smoker. <laughs> I remember one time saying, do you not pay attention to anything that I say? You know, I was just stoned all the time yeah. and couldn't remember. I will take things that every woman has said to every man she's ever been in a relationship for a thousand. <laughs> Do you listen to anything I say? <laughs> yeah, that might not have been. That was a bad bad five years of my life. Oh, my God. You spent five, five years. years. Yeah, that guy. Yep. What year? 16 to 21? Or... No, no. It was right after college. Oh, yeah, I was an adult. You were an, a college-educated... Yes. Dumb-dumb. Dumb-dumb. Yeah, Old we enough all go to through it. Did he have a job? Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes he had a car that ran. Oh, my God. Good Lord.
Doesn't it make you wonder why we try sometimes? When all <laughs> like a lot of cool chicks like this will just take care of you, Bill. Only for five years, though. That's not a long-term plan. <laughs> yeah, you get five of them. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> you find, find five or six during your lifetime, and you'll be all right. I always feel like I'm very like I'm always right on the razor's edge of being a loser. Oh yes. <laughs> you, you know it's so it's so easy to just fall in. Like I, yeah, I could lay around for an entire day till it hurt to bend my legs. Why not? There are days where I am a loser. You know what I mean? Like you are doing the loser itinerary. Yes. Which is a very free and open nothingness. But in fairness to me, I always declared him as Mr. Right Now. I never had the long term. That's I mean, good. Five years is pretty long. I was but say. Yeah, that oh, was you were like, probably more career minded at that point in time. You're like, I'm just trying to get ahead a little bit and try yeah, to Yeah, I in our dating Period. I worked in Franklin, Youngstown, in Pittsburgh. Oh, you still dated him when you came here? For like the first year. He must have thought he hit the jackpot. His friends definitely were like, dude, she moved to Pittsburgh. <laughs> you big are S O L. Or see if she'll take you with her. Uh, yeah, he was probably shopping for rings right around then. Then he said he wanted to move to Denver. I said, who's stopping you? <laughs> oh, always a good sign in a relationship. All we could afford was a blow pop. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to move across country? No, but it sounds like a great idea for you. Yeah. And you should. Be adventurous. What do you got going on? Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. It's 50 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Golden Oak Lending. Investigators are trying to figure out a Facebook message left by the suspect in that deadly van attack in Toronto. At least 10 people were killed, several others wounded as well Monday when a van raced down a busy sidewalk in the Canadian city. Reports say the suspect made a Facebook post before the attack that made a mention of an incel rebellion. Investigators believe incel is short for involuntary celibate uh, and it matches with a Reddit group that advocates for sexual assault against women. I, this is the craziest stuff. It's like that beta mm-hmm. male phenomenon that occurred around that one killer in Santa, Santa Barbara. Barbara. Mm-hmm. You see Santa Barbara. It's basically the guys who just blame women for the fact that they can't get a date. Mm-hmm. It's, it's awful. It, it seems like something that could only happen during the internet age. Mm-hmm. And Waffle House has reached out to the families of the four people killed in the shooting and offered to take care of all their funeral expenses. A rep for the restaurant chain tells TMZ it would like to pay for the funerals as well as all the medical expenses for the people who were injured in the attack, including James Shaw Jr., who fought with the gunman to disarm him. Police did capture the shooter, Travis Ranking, on Monday after a long manhunt. And Shaw insists he's not a hero, but a number of celebrities apparently disagree. Busy Phillips, John and Kristen Davis among those who have contributed to a GoFundMe to help James Shaw Jr. The campaign has raised more than $50,000 for Shaw, likely for a college fund for his daughter. Shaw did wrestle the AR-15 away from the shooter Sunday morning. Some residents in Millvale are waking up in a strange place thanks to yet another landslide in the Pittsburgh area. People living near Spring Street and Stanton Avenue were forced to evacuate Tuesday evening over threats their homes could fall. Four homes were impacted, including two that were already vacant. The fire department says engineers will be assessing the landslide in the days to come. A homeless veteran has moved into his renovated childhood home thanks to the kindness of more than 70 volunteers. 
and Home Depot's commitment to house all homeless veterans by 2020. 60-year-old Michael Malone served for 20 years in the Air Force and the Air Reserves and recently suffered the heartbreaking loss of his mother and his daughter. He was left his childhood home after his mom passed away, but he couldn't afford to make the extensive repairs needed to be able to live there. So he became homeless. But when word got out about his circumstance, workers from Home Depot and Volunteers for America rallied together to work on the house free of charge. After just a few days of work, the house was in perfect shape for Malone to move back in. He said he is overwhelmed and it absolutely restores his view of humanity. That's a nice story. Yeah, well, enough of the good news. Now back to the gutter. Uh, An Ohio woman forgot to ask the question number one when getting a friend to give her a vial of urine for a drug test. So she failed because her friend that she got the urine from was on drugs, too. Keanu Wallace showed up for her probation (laughs) with the borrowed pee, but she didn't end up with a clean slate since the test lab found traces of marijuana and prescription drugs in the sample. A judge who sentenced her to 18 months for the offense said the swap was just bizarre. Records show Wallace had been on probation since serving six months of last year in jail on a drug possession. And we haven't had one of these for a while. We've got a penis hacking story. Oh, nice. This one happened in Argentina. 26-year-old Brenda Berrettini will stand trial after she allegedly cut off her 40-year-old boyfriend's penis last November. She told police she did it because he showed a sex tape of the two of them to a group of friends. The boyfriend actually only had about 90% of his penis cut with garden shears while he was Ah. sleeping. Oh, my Lord. The boyfriend lost a large amount of blood and was rushed to the hospital. It doesn't say if they were able to repair it to full proper function, but Mm -hmm. he does reportedly need more surgery. Well, the good news is, is they did successfully transplant a penis and scrotum this past week. Do you have to get, is it, it's, It's you have to get the package? Yes. Yeah. The full total package. Can't just yeah. buy them like, I don't, that, a la carte. No, I don't think you can mix and match those. <laughs> I think you want no. those to work in yeah. concert pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, they have to be a, a pair. Right. A tandem. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But uh that uh, garden shears, I don't know why I was like, Oh, garden shears as if there was like what if like a paper <laughs> a cut one. knocked it off, I wouldn't still be like some better choice. Or, yeah, like, oh well that wasn't so bad. A uh, steak knife. Well, yeah. if it's a Ginsu. Big deal. Those things can cut through anything. I saw the infomercials. <laughs> Uh, The polling site YouGov.com released a list of America's most liked contemporary actors. The poll listed hundreds of actors and then asked people if they had a positive or negative opinion of each of them. The actors with the highest rating, number one, Morgan Freeman. Uh, He had an 84% positive rating. Oh, yes. After that, it was... Did he marry his niece? Huh? Don't you start. Uh, I'm telling you. I don't want to know. There's Come something on. in his past that is he not all that. seems like there was something Married weird. his niece? Did no. he get in an accident and yeah. was it all around that time? Uh, yes. He was in jail forever, remember? And then he got out and didn't know what to do. Uh, he, had a, he had an affair with his oh, wait, step-granddaughter. Sorry. <laughs> his what? He had an affair with his step-granddaughter. But she was murdered, not because they slept together, but this was back in two. Well, this is, geez, this was just printed in the New York Post the other day. Wow. Before she was murdered, Morgan Freeman's step-granddaughter told her boyfriend turned killer that actor, the actor secretly 
been sleeping with her. Okay, so oh, it's a confirming years-old claims about the illicit affair. So this was a years-old claim. Uh, but it comes from the mouth of a guy that killed her. Mm-hmm. So I don't know the veracity of those claims, you know. Well, people still like Morgan Freeman, despite that, <laughs> apparently. I'm just looking for reasons to say uh, eh, they're wrong. Uh, after that, it's like dead. the Elvis documentary. At no point does anybody mention Priscilla was 14 years old when they met. Yeah. That part doesn't get brought oh, up. Oh, she was? Yeah. Casts a pall on the rest of it, you know, Bill. Makes it hard to enjoy yeah. that first yeah. section. Yeah, it does. Yeah. He's like, uh, then I was uh, stalking a 14 year old. <laughs> does not exactly make you want to. Get the catalog going again. After uh, Morgan Freeman, it's Denzel Washington, Tom Hanks, Betty White, Sandra Bullock, Harrison Ford, Michael J. Fox, Will Smith, Bruce Willis, and Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan is always making it onto these lists. Yeah, what was the list he was on? Like the most Most influential person or something in the world? Well, because if you factor in all the people that see his movies worldwide yeah they're the majority of people and finally <laughs> al pacino is 78 today that's unbelievable that's, yeah he only has a limited amount of time left to actually do al pacino <laughs> so let's hope that it becomes a reality time is ticking yeah i saw the paterno movie yeah what'd you think uh not a good movie that's no, bad yeah a it's, r- really weird angle they chose it's too heavy of a subject for them to put that much supposition in like maybe this is how the conversation went sure and maybe this is what he really thought like yeah that's the creative license really i mean it it, it should be a documentary if anything don't you wonder that with every dramatized like a movie version of any true story yes but this one you know for a fact that no member of the paternal family cooperated with it Mm -hmm. so that this is all barry levinson imagining the conversations and the, the dynamic that went on so I, I think that all it has done is help to serve his cause, Paternos, that mm-hmm. is. For the Paterno backers, this was like almost validating because they're like, look at what garbage this is. When there's some real facts that you could parse through and argue, and I didn't think they spent enough time highlighting what was actual fact versus what was made up. Because if you went into that thinking, oh, what I'm about to see is all fact, you were quickly absolved of that notion. Once you heard those conversations going on, you were like, oh, there's no way this is what happened. So maybe none of this happened. I felt the same way when I watched Titanic. Right. Yeah. I just, you know, I was skeptical the whole time. Who knows how those conversations went? We don't know if they even had a romance. (laughs) How big was that door? Forecast today, scattered showers, upper 50s. It's 50 now at DVE. I never saw Titanic. You never did? No, I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything. Everybody bitches about the end. And it's it's like three and a half. It's got a great soundtrack. It's all Celine. Yeah. That's cool. I'm happy Sorry, I got choked up just talking about it. You actually did. Mm-hmm. I'm choked up because it's hockey time. Again, Caps, Pens, tomorrow night. Game one. We don't know when game two is. But we know when game one is, and it's 7 o'clock tomorrow. But when they do come back to uh, PPG Paints Arena, you could be going. That's right. You could win a pair of tickets to every second round home playoff game versus the Caps. All you got to do is submit a video telling us why... You're the biggest Pens fan in 60 seconds or less. Tear it up. Go crazy. 60 seconds or less. Quick video on your phone. Send it in. Entry submissions must be made by uploading the video to YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, etc. Share the link with us via the online registration form at dve.com. You have 
until Monday to enter. Again, you'll win tickets to every single home game in this series to cheer Sid and Gino, hopefully, past Ovi and Hopi <laughs> once again. We tried to get tickets to every game, but the Caps wouldn't sell them to us. We'll tell you about that, how the owner, Ted Leonsis, once again is taking great strides to make sure that Penguins fans do not infiltrate the confines of the, what's the name of their place? Wells, is it Wells Fargo? No, that's, that's Philly. That's Philly. It's Capital Bank Center. Capital One Center. That's, this is nothing new. No. He's done this We've before. still got in the past. Remember last year and that guy got in with the uh, terrible towel? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he was right behind the penalty box? It's a lot easier to sneak a terrible towel in than it was to sneak a catfish in from that one guy that... That is true. <laughs> Drove all the way up here. <laughs> With a catfish in his pants. Win tickets to every game this series between the Penguins and the Capitals by sending us a 60-second video telling us why you're the biggest Pens fan, why you deserve them, and uh, that's it. Enter at DVE.com. Deadline's Monday, 3 o'clock. Mike's coming in next. The series, uh, uh, well, initial game is set, and you got the draft starting tomorrow at Jerry's house. In front of 70,000 people. I don't know. How many are going to show up for the draft? Would you sit up in the upper deck to watch the draft? No, I wouldn't go to the draft if it was at the Rex Theater here in Pittsburgh. (laughs) You know, they ought to think about doing that. DVE Sports. Mike, pursuit with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Game one tomorrow night in D.C. Mike. 7 o'clock, NBCSN. The Pens and Caps crank it up tomorrow in the Eastern Conference semifinals. Sports this hour brought to you by Golden Oak Lending. It probably wouldn't seem like a playoff run if the Penguins and Capitals didn't cross paths. They've done it 10 times previously. They've done it the last two seasons. Crystal Tang didn't play last year, but even he knows what to expect this time around. It's intense uh, when you see uh, that much talent. Uh play against each other uh, with that uh, that much adversity. Um, it, it makes a, a fun series. It should be a fun series, although the amount of talent is in question, at least uh, for game one. No Evgeny Malkin at practice yesterday for the Penguins. No Carl Hagelin. Malkin missed game six on Sunday in Philadelphia, and Hagelin started it but didn't finish it. So the status of those two guys remains in question. All Mike Sullivan would say is that uh, both players are day-to-day. The Penguins uh, certainly know the degree of difficulty involved in trying to replace an, an Evgeny Malkin as they had to do Sunday or a Sidney Crosby. Derek Broussard talked about that yesterday. That's not what we wanted, you know, obviously, and uh, losing uh, one of those two guys. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, losing a guy that's almost scored like 100 points this year and 40 goals, I think, uh, you know, you can't really replace that, the way he plays and everything. But uh, I think as a group, we can, we're all going to have to step up and try to and play some big minutes and uh, trying to play a different roles. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, you can't lose a guy like that. It's just, it's, you can't replace it. But as a group, I think we, we're going to have to step up like uh, like we did in Philly. And the way they did it in Philly, specifically in terms of the deployment of the troops, was to bump Riley Shane up in the Malkin spot uh, as the second-line center and keep the line of Derek Broussard centering Connor Sherry, Sherry excuse me, and Brian Russ together. Uh, Mike oh, Sullivan Sherry. went into detail yesterday uh, in terms of why 
he played it the way he played it. You know, the, there was a stretch of games before we acquired uh, Brass at the deadline when uh, when Riley was playing with Phil, and uh, they were playing. We we felt they were playing extremely well together, and so, um, you know, I, I think it it was an obvious uh, option for us. You know, when when we didn't have Geno available for the last game, so. Uh, and, and you know Riley brings that 200-foot game. Uh, he's a north-south guy. He gets in on pucks, uh, as does Haggy with his foot speed, and, and I think that helps a guy like Phil. Um, Brass's line with with Rusty and Connor on it, we've really liked. You know, we think that line has been really good since we put it together. They had a lot of scoring chances, five on five. Um, we we really like that line, and so we didn't we we didn't really want to change it if we didn't have to. And so for those reasons, we, we opted to, to put Riley with Phil and, and keep Brass's line together, and, and we liked what we saw from both. That's a pretty reasonable explanation. The only thing I don't understand is why they call him Brass. How come it's not Brasser or Brassy, you know, the typical hockey nickname? Yeah, I don't know. They didn't, they, why does he get to be Brass? Just stops Big there. game Brass. Yeah, maybe it's a Brass Balls type thing. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Probably just shortening big game Brass. Which they came up with in New York, which is why it wasn't brassy or brasser. Yeah, and brassy sounds like sassy, and you can't be sassy in no. hockey. There's no sh- sass. Shouldn't be. There's no sass. Sassy brassy yeah. would be yeah. terrible. Terrible name. No. Toronto and Boston play uh, game seven tonight <laughs> in Boston. Maple Leafs have rallied from a three games to one series deficit to force that game seven. And uh, some of the numbers associated with game sevens. Uh, if you are interested in such things, the team that scores first is 126 and 43 all time. That's a winning percentage of 0.746. Home teams are 99 and 70. That's a little less dominant, 0.586. And uh, 41 of the previous game sevens have required overtime. 41 of the 169. How many game sevens did we have last year? Penguins had two, right? Uh, Ottawa and uh, Warsh. Warsh. Mark Andre Fleury dialed up a gem. I know your patriotism disallows you to ever root for any Canadian team. <laughs> yes, it does. I'm rooting hard for the Maple Leafs tonight. Well, don't you want uh, that follows your uh, miserable home fans? Yeah, that and I want Boston out. Yeah. Me too. Because <laughs> Boston scares me more than any other I'm team. Rooting left. Hard for the Bruins because they're playing Toronto. Understood. Yeah, you're not a fan. Pirates are playing uh, two against the Tigers uh, this afternoon and tonight. They were rained out yesterday, uh, 4.05, the time of your first pitch at PNC Park between Jordan Zimmerman and Chad Cool. That'll be uh, followed by the nightcap 30 minutes after the conclusion of Game 1. And that's uh, Matthew Boyd for Detroit and Jamison Tyone for the Bucks, who have lost four in a row and six of seven. They're still uh, above 500 at 12 and 10. The Tigers come to town at 9 and 11. That water's coming up. It's around the neck area right now. Got to be a little nervous. No, no, no. Well, they started off uh, beating the Tigers. Maybe they can uh, pull off another sweep and uh, kind of regain their equilibrium. Mm-hmm. Either that or they're going to have to get uh, Riley Shea to uh, pitch one of the games. <laughs> well, if you're a Penguins fan planning on going to the Capitals series in D.C., once again, you're going to have a tough time. Email to ticket holders from the Capitals 
The Washington Capitals are excited to be advancing to the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Dates and times of all round two playoff games will be announced by the NHL at the conclusion of round one. We are offering Club Red 365 members the first opportunity to purchase additional limited inventory at preferred pricing through this exclusive pre-sale. Tickets purchased through this special offer will not be eligible for resale posting as we plan to create an amazing atmosphere in the building (laughs) where we want all fans rocking the red (laughs) in all caps. Translation, don't sell your tickets to Penguins fans. Remember when they wouldn't allow you to have a 412 area code? I do. To buy a ticket there? Seems like that stuff should not be legal, but... Didn't Tampa do some of that last year, too? Feel like they... Theirs was the... That is kind of discriminatory, is it not? Yeah, it is. Um, it's like saying I'm not going to sell anything to a guy with an Irish accent. That's right. What was the? What were the signs they had up in uh, Tampa last year, Joe? I can't re- you don't I remember. Can't, yeah, remember I can't, Dana? Yeah. Sent those to. Oh man. Oh, I can't. We'll, we'll come up with it. Or seventy people will eat, uh, tweet at us. Yeah. I forgot about all the postseason soap opera. Oh yeah. Stuff that was going on with yeah, the because- sound being piped in and. Other buildings have oh, you a had hard to wear time the colors. keeping the, that was the, it. the Penguins fans out. You weren't allowed to wear the colors, right? You weren't allowed to wear black and gold. Isn't that what it was? Something like that, and I don't know how the hell you enforce that. I don't know. Again, discriminatory. But whatever. Everybody does whatever they can to try and you keep You don't me. be telling me I can't buy the tickets. <laughs> oh, it has nothing to do with the fact that you're a Penguins fan. It's because you're Irish. <laughs> I'm an Irish Penguins fan. We'll give some tickets to the Rangers and the Islanders fans, but we don't <laughs> want the Irish. So you can win tickets to every home game here. Well, then you're going to have to fight me. That's right. We've got Penn's playoff tickets for each of the home games against the Capitals. Submit a video telling us why you should win them, why you're the biggest fan, 60 seconds or less. Just give, give us a 60-second uh uh, example of your Penguin fandom. Entry submissions must be made by uploading your video to YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, etc. And then uh, share the link with us via the online registration form at dve.com. You have till Monday to enter there. But I- I'm guessing there's a chance game starts Tuesday in Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, Possibly. Sure. Chance of playing Monday. Thursday. Yeah, you think Thursday, Saturday, Monday? Maybe. I yeah. bet you're going to see Thursday, Sunday, uh, Tuesday. You think they want that Sunday afternoon? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'd like to see a Sunday afternoon. And uh, Big the, fan of the Sunday afternoon game. The uh, the ratings are in, and uh, boy, do we like hockey in Pittsburgh. Once again, Pittsburgh tops the United States by a significant margin. 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 Flargan, Fargan. My father's from Margin. Uh, Pittsburgh got a 2.502 rating. Buffalo is next with a 2.023. Nashville, third with a 1.634, and then Boston with a 1.1. So we more than doubled Boston. Buffalo would have had more, but a bunch of people got drunk and went out and jumped in the tables. And more than uh, doubled Nashville as well. So there you go. Take that. When we come back, we pay tribute to one of the all-time greatest songwriters, Bob Doro. Do you know who that is? Yeah, I do. Only because he died yesterday and it was big news? Uh, for no other reason whatsoever. Yeah, but, you know, that's good enough. Huge influence. Oh, are you kidding me? There's a magic number. The Schoolhouse Rock guy died yesterday. School's out. We're going to go through the definitive list of Schoolhouse Rock songs, and uh, we'll give them the Mel Kuyper treatment <laughs> on this date before rank the them. draft. We're going to rank them. 
I like three as a magic number. Conjunction, junction is a little too confusing. <laughs> it's Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. Bill Crawford, Val Porter here, and Bob Doro passed away yesterday at the age of 94. He's the guy who wrote all the Schoolhouse Rock songs. Now, it's part of, if you're over the age of probably 45, 45 to 60, you think? That's probably younger you than know. that. Really? But yeah, but not much. Yeah, I think even over 35. Uh, and I, I was aware of it, but not intimately. So it's tough to rank these because it's subjective for everyone. Because Vulture put together a list of the top 10, and they didn't have two of them in there that for me would have been like number two one and number two yeah the ones that you've been playing off air are none of the ones that i would no right like so instead of ranking them i'm just gonna play some of the best the verb that's what's happening you don't remember that song yeah (laughs) jamming (laughs) i get my thing in action to be to see to feel to live Put my heart in action. Yeah, I mean, that was a great one. Do Cons- you have Conjunction Junction? Conjunction Junction. That was always one of my favorites. Hooking up words and phrases and clauses. Hooking up How's that function? I got three favorite cards that get most of my job done. Oh, yeah, man. Conjunction Junction. It's Dr. John's cousin. See, like, you know. That one, like, I feel like that was sung a lot in my house. This one was definitely like. Oh, yeah, I love this one. Lonnie, 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 got some adverbs here. Come on down to Lonnie's, get the adverbs here. You're going to need if you write or read or even think about it. Lonnie, Lonnie, So this guy was like a, like a big star uh, behind the scenes. Because he was the dude who composed all of these tunes. He was a, uh, a jazz musician, arranger, and a well-respected uh, uh, guy on the scene and played with a bunch of like, jazz greats and stuff. But he will forever be known as the schoolhouse rock guy, which this was a, a big hit for, I think, like three different bands. There's a magic number. The past and the present and the future. Faith and hope and charity. The heart and the brain and the body give you three. That's a magic number. Blind Melon did this. It takes three legs to make a tripod. Jack Johnson did it. It takes three. But the the other thing that was great about them, Val, is the cartoons themselves Mm -hmm. were actually great. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it did. I can still do the preamble to the Constitution because of. Me too. Do you know about the USA? Do you know about the government? Can you tell me about the Constitution? Hey, learn about the USA. <laughs> In 1787, I'm told our founding fathers did. And there was like a mix of like the country, uh, rock and roll, funk, mm-hmm. jazz, soul music. I mean, he really didn't just stick to one form. It's all over the place. Uh, this was from 1976. 
He created a song around the preamble of the Constitution. And they put those principles down on paper and called it the Constitution. And it's been helping us run our country ever since then. <laughs> I wonder, happy valid. I wonder what he thought of Hamilton. And tells what those Because it was a different approach to pretty much but the same idea. In order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. Do ordain and establish this constitution. That's a great melody. Are you kidding me? It's awesome. And now that, you know, in Trump America, we're going to have to change all the political ones. You know, (laughs) cockastocracy will have to be one of the songs. Is interjection? Oh, I don't have that one. I got the pronoun one, Rufus Xavier Sarsaparilla. I have a friend named Rufus Xavier Sarsaparilla. And I can say that Rufus found a kangaroo. They found Rufus home, and now that kangaroo belongs to Rufus Xavier Sarsaparilla. I could say that, but I don't have to, because I got pronouns. I can say he found a kangaroo that followed him home, and now it is his. You see, he, him, and his. You don't remember that one? Replacing the I love that one. That's the same guy's voice. Here's the the other big one. I'm just a bill. Yep. The bill sitting on the steps. Woo. You sure got to climb a lot of steps to get to this Capitol building here in Washington. Well, I wonder who that sad little scrap of paper is. I'm just a bill. Yes, I'm only a bill. And I'm sitting here on Capitol Hill. Well, it's a long, long journey to the Capitol City. It's a long, long wait while I'm sitting in committee. Yeah, it's really great. I mean, and I, you could go through these and spend an hour. And it really was how I learned most of the civics lessons that I knew as a kid was from Schoolhouse Rock. I can still sing the damn preamble because of that song. Mm-hmm. If I could skate a figure eight was always one of my favorites. That one always creeped me out. Sounded like the theme to Ordinary People or something. Four, I'm gonna murder Maybe I liked it because she skated. Yeah, this has a, a creepy Alice in Wonderland vibe to it. Yeah, this is like some kid that just found out his dad cheated on his mom and he's walking around the street wondering what the meaning of life is. It's just a terribly sad song. Maybe that's just me. Um, Bob Doro, 93. The best known composer who nobody no, knew. Right, yeah. <laughs> Schoolhouse Rock. They don't play those anymore. I'm sure they probably like fit them in on uh, Disney or Nickelodeon or something like that. I don't know. They look kids, so old now. Kid, yeah, kids when today watch, would be like, what is this garbage? No, I, I the mean, animation alone, like, because, you know, everything's so computerized mm-hmm. now. When you look at these old uh, ca- cartoons, Bill, mm-hmm. they look like. Oh, I know. They look like somebody made a cartoon and then shot it on a Super 8. Yep. I'm 38, and it was. I, I don't remember any of that except conjunction or. Whatever. Conjunction Junction. Yeah. You guys remember the shot heard around the world? Shot heard around the world. It was the start of the revolution. Oh, yeah, man. I'm telling you, this is a great way to learn history. Just apply everything to music. That's what Coach did in the in the show Cheers. And what Potsy did. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's that simple. Um, okay, well, you won't have to sing the details to the DVE 
Penn's playoff tickets contest. All you got to do is make a video. Boy, if you did a Schoolhouse Rock version of why you're such a big Pens fan, it would be wow. timely. Yeah, play on the death of this guy and win some tickets. <laughs> Get creative. Yeah. yeah. Submit a video telling us why you're the biggest Penguins fan in 60 seconds or less. Entry submissions must be made by uploading the video to YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, etc. Then share the link with us via the online registration form at dve.com. Monday's deadline to enter, and you win tickets to every home game this series against the Capitals. It's that simple. Yeah. The old 2 Let's go. Phil Bork coming up at 845. Mark Mad 945. Val's got your news when we come back. A thousand married women were asked what they like and appreciate about their husbands. Uh-oh. This is going to be a short segment. <laughs> I, uh, I dated a guy who used to wear a shirt that said, get a job, and it was two skeletons engaged in oral sex. Really? Yeah. Oh my God! How did you not date or uh, like break up with him on the spot? <laughs> Wait, was, did your was... parents ever see him wear that shirt? Oh no, no. I guess everybody goes I through a loser phase. I didn't know because he never got high around me. Oh well, that was nice of him. And He's I a considerate would considerate pot smoker. <laughs> I remember one time saying, "Do you not pay attention to anything that I say?" You know, I was just stoned all the time. Yeah, couldn't remember. I will take things that every woman has said to every man she's ever been in a relationship for a thousand. <laughs> Do you listen to anything I say? Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. I think I watched the video of Juju's dog climbing out of its pen ten times yesterday. Did you see that video? No. No. Mm-mm. Where was that? I didn't either. He's got a six-month-old French bulldog puppy named Bougie. And it kept getting out of his cage, and he was like, "Man, what's going on with this?" So he set up bad a, bougie. He set up a camera, and the dog would jump up in the air and then grap grapple onto like the top rung of the cage. I'm watching it right now. And then <laughs> swing his ass over the top. Oh, <laughs> smart dog! Oh. Isn't it? It looks harrowing, it right? Looks like he's gonna get hurt. I know. And then he gets up and on. He's fine. <laughs> He's got to get another you dog. Put a and lid name on that box. You can't. Yeah, man. bad and bougie. Yeah, bougie. You got to get a. Now he's gonna eat the starburst. Yeah, exactly. That's how bougie rolls. Um, the draft is tomorrow. By the way, just an FYI. <laughs> Mel Kiper. Who in the hell is Mel Kiper? <laughs> <laughs> he's been pissing he's a people off for twenty-five years. Ranking NFL players for. A long, long time. And they're going to be doing it live down in Dallas, but I wanted to let you know the Common Heart, Pittsburgh Zone, the Common Heart, will be performing live down at the stadium. That is I'm so I'm not cool. sure what stage or so where, cool. but they're a part of the yeah. huge festivities down there, so it's a great gig for them. And then they're going on to Jazz Fest in New Orleans where they'll be playing with Los Lobos at the House of Blues. Awesome. I actually can't wait to see what they do with this because they're they're ramping up this draft like it's the Super Bowl. I mean, it's in Jerry's house. Yeah. Well, it's the closest to Dallas you can get to the Super Bowl. So, yeah. Hosting a Super Bowl. <laughs> well, no, they hosted one. They just haven't gone to one in a while. Um, Mike will be in a little bit later with details on game one tomorrow night in D.C., as we said earlier. They're trying to prevent Penguins fans from getting into the, uh, into the barn there. Once again, again, there's nothing greater than that scene of Penguin fans like jeering all the Caps fans on their way out. It's the National Portrait Gallery steps. 
Oh, yeah. And they're just standing up there doing penguins, cheers, and stuff. Ah, oh, dude, that's the greatest. I don't know if we're going to be lucky enough to see that happen this yeah, year. Yeah, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Oh, I'm definitely not. I'm very worried. I think that uh, there's a lot of reason to believe this was the year that the Caps can finally get past the Penguins. Although I'm just hoping we have enough of that Patriot type of mojo. You know when, like, the Patriots stink and you're always like, yeah, but they got... Not stink, but when they have like some Achilles heels sure. exposed, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh man, they got weaknesses here and there, and the defense isn't that good, but it's Belichick and it's Brady, and they always find a way. So hopefully. Now teams are saying that about Sullivan and Crosby. It's Crosby and Sullivan, and hopefully Geno can get back, if not for the first game, by the second or third. You know what I love hearing in Pittsburgh around this time is just like armchair. Uh, injury updates from, you know, just passers-by. Strangers are like, yeah, you know, Hagelin, I mean, he probably had a concussion, but he was at the facility yesterday. And you got to think, <laughs> if it was still bad enough for him to be home, you know, he'd probably be out. But I like his chances for tomorrow night. They said he was at the facility. I, it's real bright I mean, lights. that's a good sign. Yeah, if you got a concussion, they tell you not to go in them bright lights. No, you got to stay in the dark. I don't know if you've ever been up there in Cranberry, but it's bright. That facility is very bright. It is. Yes. It's very nice. Very beautiful. Uh, much like Phil Bork. Bright and beautiful. <laughs> bright He'll be in beautiful. at 845. Val's got your news right now on DVE. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. It's 50 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Deliberations are due to begin today in Bill Cosby's retrial on sexual assault. He's accused of three counts of aggravated indecent assault from 2004. During closing arguments yesterday in Norristown, Cosby's legal team said the prosecution has presented a weak case with questionable witnesses. They claimed accuser Andrea Constant is a pathological liar. The lead prosecutor in the case accused Cosby's team of shamefully attacking a woman who has come forward to report a sexual assault. Cosby did not take the stand in his trial. Is forest bathing the key to health and happiness? Now, before you get ahead of yourself, this isn't going out and taking a bath in a forest stream. Oh. Japanese forest bathing, called shirin-yoku, is the practice of spending time in nature, particularly among the trees. Uh-huh. Basically, it's taking a walk in the forest, taking in all the senses of nature. Studies have found that forest bathing has a positive effect on both your physical and mental health, from boosting your immune system to reducing stress and depression. If you can't get to a forest, uh, you could probably get the same benefits from your local park. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or just so climb go, the tree in your front yard. So go do some forest bathing. Or just, you know, take a, take a nice dip in the fountain at the point. <laughs> point bathing. Point a, a lot of people do that over the summer. They actually had to tell people, you can't <laughs> bathe in here. Oh, and they do. I know. It's, <laughs> and every time I see people in there, I'm like, ooh, mm. ooh. Oh, you're really going to go all the way in? All You're going to go in all the way up to your neck sits? <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Look, I'm a fountain. (laughs) (laughs) Don't put that in your mouth. No. Uh, I do these lists a lot just because I like to hear the arguments. Okay. Uh, 8,000 people recently voted online to determine the best candy bar. uh, Starting with number 10, do the top 10. Almond Joy. I I know people don't like it. I'm a fan. No. Not a fan. No, not a fan I haven't had one in a while, but the dark chocolate coconut one-two punch. I'm all right with sometimes it. Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. I like a mounds too. Uh, three Musketeers. <laughs> no. 
No. Nope. I, I like Most overrated candy bar out there is the Three Musketeers. It's sweet but light. It somehow became like, you know, it's always in the top five. It became a, you know, Ohio never, State. Never cared for that. No. Or the oh, Milky Way. The nougat? No. Not worth it. No. Nope. Toblerone. That's like a fancy one. Yeah. I didn't I thought that was like uh I didn't know if it was a candy bar. I thought it was like a piece of candy. No. Like, it's, like a malted milk ball. Yeah. I think well there's different versions of it, isn't there? Yeah. Like it's a brand or is it just a bar? No idea. The only reason I never order, you know, got one was cuz I was uncomfortable saying the name. Toblerone. <laughs> Can I get a Toblerone? Butterfinger? Yeah. Boy, they're on your teeth for a day, but they are good. Nestle Crunch is number six. Like, how long does it take for a Butterfinger to wear off your enamel? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But these ten these minutes. Are, oh, you just a little bit later, like yeah, they're still right there. Oh my god, the epoxy that comes out of that Whoa. chewing. Oh. <laughs> what is this? Why is it rock solid? The original Hershey's bar. I'll tell you, I haven't had one in a while, but anytime that you break into one, it's pretty reliable. It's the Heinz ketchup of chocolate bars. And I love the Hershey bar with almonds. Me too. Milky Way? I do love oh, Milky no. Way. Overrated. Three mus- how do you, what's the difference between that and the Three Musketeers? It has caramel, yeah. that's it? Mm-hmm. I think so. It's a hard um, pass for me. Snickers is number three. I, that's my number one. That's I don't, pretty good. They're, they're good. My teeth hurt every time I eat a Snickers, though. It's just so much sugar. Peanut? Oh. It's just like sugar rush. Twix, love that's a Twix. Bomb. I'm a, that's, is that a I'm candy a, bar though? I mean, I guess yeah. it's a bar. Two of them. How you like that? Right. Yeah. The left and the right. And number one, I'll n- I don't ever eat Kit Kat. Oh, Kit Kats are awesome. I They're just didn't good. think of them as a candy bar. Yeah, not a fan of the wafer. No. Nah. See, there are some old school ones there. Back when I ate candy bars on the regular, when you were a kid. Like they just don't make the like the thousand dollar bar or the one hundred thousand dollar bar one anymore. Do you remember that one? I think they do. The marathon bar that went like it was like a chain link. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it had caramel in it. Yeah, yeah. That thing was awesome. Payday. Do they still make paydays? <laughs> yeah, Baby Ruth wasn't in there. No, not the top ten. Clark bar isn't in there. Not Zagnuts not in there. <laughs> Did you see the story about the people who are hoarding Clark bars right now? Because they're going to stop production. Yeah. So, oh really? Yeah, Clark if bars. If you people are... only bought them all along. <laughs> That's how it always goes, though. Necco wafers, same thing. Yeah. Necco wafers are going out of uh, distribution, and all of a sudden, they can't keep them in stock anywhere. Oh, Necco like, hey, wafers are nasty. They're so gross. They are the like communion wafer of the candy world. The, the color says everything about them. It's this like pastel, pastel gross, yep. like... They're like it looks uh, like the candy that can I, can I powder an, would like. Can I have a pack of ashy uh, tokens? <laughs> Good. <laughs> That and what are those UFO things? I don't know. Or flying saucers. They're, they're like Necco wafers, but they're real wafery. Hmm. And they're also pastel colors. I don't know. Anything pastel, I'm out on. That's I'm not a fan of spring for that reason. Have you seen like those throwback candy stores that are popping up now? There's one out in Robinson. There's next to the Burgatory. There's one in the waterfront. They have like old school candy. And I went in there and I asked if they had beech nut gum because my grandfather always used to have beech nut gum. Mm-hmm. And they were like, no, they, they just completely discontinued that that brand. She was like, I tried to get some, uh, but, you know, secondary market, people are selling them. It's too expensive. What about Fruit Stripe? Is that still out there? Fruit Stripe oh, gum? yeah, that was great. Or Bub's Daddy? For 25 seconds until it lost all its flavor. Yeah. My buddy used to me- measure his sexual prowess by... <laughs> 
how many strips of fruit stripe. He'd be like, I was a three strips, three fruit striper or something like that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is about 60 seconds. Wow. Uh, green apple Bub's daddy. Yeah, that reminds me of going to a Little League baseball mm-hmm. game. Bub's daddies. They were always sold in the concession stands. Big League Chew. I was huge on the Big League Chew. Fun dip for that matter. Which is basically yeah. your introduction to cocaine. <laughs> a meat company in Australia had an unfortunate typo appear on their packages of sausage, which uh, the joke is you don't want to see how the sausage is made, right? Mm-hmm, right. Because uh, they put everything in there, all the animal scraps, but hopefully not this Lips, one. butts, and coconuts. Well, uh, the label said anus beef sausage, <laughs> oh, no. which presumably should have been <laughs> Angus. Yeah, an eagle-eyed shopper spotted it and took a picture, and it spread like wildfire (laughs) on social media. Anus beef sausage. (laughs) (laughs) I'll eat just about anything at a tailgate. Uh, (laughs) But anus beef sausage. What are we tailgating for? (laughs) Well, wasn't there that whole controversy there for a while where people were saying that there were restaurants serving calamari that were really fried, like they were fried pig anus? What? Come on. What? You don't remember this? No. No, It literally says it on the box. It's like fried pig Why do you like getting fried calamari? I love calamari. Yeah, you might have been eating a lot of fried (laughs) b-hole. When did this story come out? It was last year. You don't remember this? I Uh, do not. I never. They were like pig buttholes. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like in a box. And there was like. Uh, it's in a box? Yeah, like they I mean, well, how they is ca- that even an industry? That's just inhumane, man. Mm, pig. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. I, I put pig B and unhole calamari followed it on the thing oh, here. So that's how God. far up in the search engine it is. Calamari made a pig rectum. <laughs> All right. Mike? It was on rectum. This American Life on NPR. Damn near served him is at a restaurant. Is this a Snopes thing? It is. It's not true. Okay. Okay. (laughs) But they did a whole report on it. It's believable. It has the same consistency. How do you know? (laughs) Well, that's none of your damn business. (laughs) Yeah. What I do outside of this station is nobody's business. But it's it's what you would assume it would be. Yes. Most probably. Of uh, any animal. Yeah. It's it's what you would assume it would be. Everybody's, yeah, O-ring probably. Mm Mm-hmm. Good Lord. Yeah. So but it's I don't not think true. they have a bucket of them anywhere laying around. They <laughs> no, don't sell them by know. the box. So it was an urban legend. My apologies. <laughs> uh, somehow- Dude, you, all, you just like ruined Val's summer. <laughs> she was just like, no. What? It was actually in ah. 2013 uh, that this first came to light. So they investigated it a couple of years ago. <laughs> Thoroughly. <laughs> Who was that detective? Imitation calamari is what it was called, Ugh. and it, uh, it had a dubious real. pork-based origin. They said. <laughs> so there is imitation calamari a real thing? No. Okay. No, you're getting the real calamari, <laughs> but that is the calamari's beehole. Just so you know. <laughs> Somehow I missed this the last Saturday. <laughs> was Husband Appreciation Day. Last Saturday. So a new poll asked a thousand married women what they like and appreciate about their husbands. Number 10, he buys me things. That's nice. He's good with money. He does the dishes. He's sexy. He's a good dad. He's a lady. Wait a minute. Number five is he's supportive. 
He's smart. He makes me laugh. Number two is I can be myself around him. And number one is he's a hard worker. Survey also asked what annoys them the most. (laughs) Top five were not listening, snoring, other bodily quirks like nose picking. And I will just put farting in there because I'm assuming that's also on the list. From personal experience? (laughs) Being a control freak and not doing enough chores. Those were the most annoying things. And if you're wondering, Wife Appreciation Day is September 16th. Mm, I wasn't. I can, wasn't wondering that. Can you mean how wonder. she forgot about the the husband one? But yeah, just throwing uh-huh. out the uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mark, didn't even mark, know there was you either want me one. To mark it in the calendar, but you just you know brushed right by it. I didn't know that either holiday was celebrated. No, and I don't think it should be. So every day is spouse appreciation That's day right. in my house. <laughs> In music news, ZZ Top will spend quite a bit of this year on the road, but Billy Gibbons has told ABC Radio he's got another solo album in the works. He previously released a solo disc in 2015. This one will be a bluesy record. Uh, And back in 2013, Billy reunited with his pre-ZZ Top band called The Moving Sidewalks. They recorded some new music that has not been released, but... We might hear that this year as well. Work continues on the new Rolling Stones album. Mick Jagger says even with a few recording sessions in the can, he's still working on songs. Speaking to Ireland's independent newspaper, he says, I'm just writing. I don't really think about what I've written much. I just keep moving forward, really. Uh, The Stones' last album of original material was 2005's A Bigger Bang. I didn't realize it was that long ago. In 2016, they started work on another album but switched to recording a collection of old blues songs instead. That resulted in the album Blue and Lonesome. Producer Don was recently said the band's next album probably will not be out this year. Rolling Stones begin a brief tour May 18th in Dublin, and Mick has reportedly said he doesn't think this upcoming nine-date stint will be their last. So we'll see if they tour the United States again. Hmm. Would you pay to see him? Eh, probably. Okay. Yeah. Just because you got to figure that they don't have much more in them, probably. I know. I've already said that three times. <laughs> yeah, it's like you, the, the going away party you have for the friend that, that just doesn't seem to be going away. I had a friend that, that happened. He had th- three of them. <laughs> and on the third one, everyone's like, all right, dude, you have to you have to go. Finally, speaking of tours, uh, another concert announcement for you. Fleetwood Mac coming to town November 1st. PPG Paints Arena tickets go on sale to the general public Next Friday, May 4th, 10 a.m. at LiveNation.com. Lindsey Buckingham should tour at the exact same time in the exact same cities and just go around and offer <laughs> everybody the alternative and then have a bunch of Filipino backup members who, <laughs> who can do all the other Fleetwood Mac parts. And serve nothing but pig b-holes at the uh, <laughs> That's right. concession. Scatter right. showers upper 50s today. More Schoolhouse Rock. Val, another one we forgot. To begin our show... Unpack your adjectives. Do you remember the Unpack Your Adjectives song? Oh, I, don't oh, I don't think. I kick in here, maybe. Got home from camping last spring. Oh, that sounds familiar. Saw people, places, and things. We barely had a ride. Friends asked us to describe the people, places, and every last thing. I think I remember. This that. sounds like something like Josh and Gab should redo all of these and do like a local show because now you can do like very easily PowerPoint video images behind you when you're sure. playing and stuff. Oh, this is a great one. All these melodies are so good. In 1996, 
There was the album, Schoolhouse Rock Rocks. Do you remember that? Mm-mm. Like, the Lemonheads were on it, uh, Better Than Ezra. What year was it? 96. Better Than Ezra. Daniel Johnston, he did this song on that. Um, Blind Melon was on it. So there are actually updated versions of all those songs if you're so interested. But uh, Bob Doro passing away yesterday at the age of 94. <laughs> See, this is the one. That in the Boston Tea Party one, the No More King song. Do you remember that one? Mm, play it. Rocking on a rolling smishing and a splashing over the horizon. What can it be? The pilgrims sailed the sea to find a place to call their own. In their <laughs> ship, remember they that flower. One. It's funny because all public education had a look to me back then. Like everything looked, you know, like Sesame Street, Schoolhouse Rock, Electric Company. They all had the same sort of sheen to them and tone and animation. And this stuff felt right. Oh, this part I remember, yeah. yeah. They swore their loyalty until the very end. Anything you say, King, it's okay, King. You know it's kind of scary on your own. Gonna build a new land the way we planned. Could you help us run it till it's grown? I feel like we should put this stuff back on TV so people can actually learn history. Right. It would be a huge help. School of Rock had nothing to do with that, right? No. With Jack Black? No. That was just a school about kids learning how to rock. Schoolhouse but they rock. also learned well, through rock. Right, but this was actually uh, you know, education. educational. Yes. Um, is Mother Necessity in there? I don't yeah. remember. I wrote this down, that down. Mother Necessity, remember. where would we be without the invention of electricity? It's somewhere. I don't know. We don't have time for it. We do have to go to uh, a commercial break to bring back Mike Pursuta with your sports. But here you go, Val. And you want to see, you need a... Electricity, electricity. Flip that switch and what do you get? You get a... Electricity, electricity. Yep. That's not the Mother Necessity song. You don't remember the Electricity song? Mm -hmm. Good Lord. Mike's coming in next. Sports game one. What's happened to you, What's gone on with you? (laughs) Game one is tomorrow night in D.C., and we're waiting to hear about game two. Uh, Also, Phil Bork coming in at 845. We've got tickets to give away for Billy Gardell's first show now. It's actually the second show, but because he the original one was Saturday, this one's going to be Friday. So although it's the second show announced, it'll be the first show of the weekend, and you can win tickets to that. Coming up, (laughs) pre-sale begins for that second first show tomorrow at 10 a.m. with the keyword Yinzer, but you can win them this morning, so keep your ears peeled for your chance to win coming up on DV- DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show, Mike. Sports are brought to you by BobbyRayHall.com. It is the Penguins and the Capitals. Game 1 has been announced for 7 o'clock tomorrow in D.C. NBCSN will have that one for you. That'll be followed by San Jose at Vegas. And then on Friday, it's game one between the Jets and the Predators. Man, is that going to be a series? Holy cow. That's uh, that's maybe your Western Conference final right yeah. there. Maybe not. I'm, I'm still maybe not all in on Vegas. No pun intended. But uh, Jets <laughs> and Predators both uh, really look like serious contenders. Uh, the Bruins and Maple Leafs have to play game seven tonight. In Boston, if Boston advances, uh, it'll take on Tampa at 3 o'clock on Saturday. If Toronto advances, uh, the Maple Leafs will visit the Lightning at 8 o'clock on Saturday night. Uh, Penn's Caps, a pretty familiar matchup. Uh, we've seen it the last two seasons. 
Uh, we've seen it 10 times since 1991, and particularly in recent installments of these Pens-Caps confrontations. A lot is going to depend on the power play. It always does in the postseason with Washington. That is uh, a particular sticking point. Mike Sullivan has been around long enough to recognize the danger of Alex Ovechkin in that left circle, the danger of what that Caps power play can do uh, setting up the one-timers and how that can't happen if the Caps power play is on the bench. Well, he's a dangerous player. You know, he's one of the more accomplished players of his generation. He's uh, he's a very good goal scorer, and he's a big part of their power play, and their power play is a big part of their game. So I think our first and foremost, our discipline is, is going to have to be at its best. We're going to have to be very diligent in that regard so we don't give um, Washington's power play too many opportunities. And, uh, and obviously when they do get on the power play, we're going to have to be aware. We're going to have to be aware of... Uh, a Bovechkin and, and his shot, he doesn't need a lot of time and space to get it off. And uh, he's certainly dangerous when he's in when he's in that area of the rink where he plays. So, um, you know, we're, we know we're going to have our hands full. It's a big challenge. Uh, but I, I believe our guys are, are up to that challenge. I think they're excited about the opportunity. We think our, our penalty kill has gained a lot of traction over the second half of the season. And uh, we know it's going to be a big challenge in this series. Yeah, Riley Shane is one of the Penguins' uh, most relied upon penalty killers, and he's uh, done enough of that to know that if you have to kill a penalty, it's easier to do it when the puck is in the other end of the ice. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, you kind of almost got to worry about guys like Backstrom and Carlson when uh, they're distributing it. Try not to let them get a straight pass through. And I think when you go out there on him, you just try to stay in line with his stick and hope uh, if you block it, it gets you in a good good part of the equipment. Um, I think the, the most important thing is just trying to limit their time where they can set up so they don't get that opportunity to pass it to them for one of those one-timers. If you try to block Alex Ovechkin's shot, hope it hits a good part of the equipment. Yeah. Spoiler alert, there is no good part of the equipment when Alex Ovechkin winds up. Yeah, if you got to kill, uh, winning face-offs and 200-foot clears. Don't If you have a don't shot get to cute. get it out, don't fail. And don't, you know, kind of halfway it where it just ends up in a neutral zone and they can collect it quickly and come back at you. Face-offs and clears. That'll uh, that'll get the job done. They were really good on the penalty kill against Philly, but the power play was not where it needed to be. Uh, particularly the shorty in Game Five was an abomination. But what was what was their uh, against Philly conversion? Against Philly, right. they were really good uh, killing. Nineteen out of twenty-one, and the last fourteen in succession going back. That's to, awesome. Going back hmm. to Game Two. So yeah, that that helped uh, put the Flyers away. Now the, the Capitals' power plays. What better. were they on the other end of the spectrum there? Uh, I don't know ex- exactly what the number was. They were twenty percent. Okay, uh, I think it was five for twenty-five, if I'm remembering right. Not as bad as I thought it was. But well, the shorty, and then the uh, I, I call it the de facto shorty in Game Six. It was only five seconds after Hornquist got out of the right. Not Hornquist. Somebody got out of the penalty box. Um, that that to me was pretty much a shorthanded goal. So that's those are the two glaring mistakes by the the power play. Uh, Washington got at least one power play goal in every game against Columbus. Went 9 for 27 in that series, six games. That's, Jackets took way too many penalties. And Washington's penalty kill, uh, it was 50% through two games, four out of eight. And then uh, when Holtby came in, didn't give up another 
power play goal to the Blue Jackets. Uh, Washington killed the last 17 in a row. If you want to talk uh, tail of the tape a little bit, uh, the Caps power play is first in the postseason at 33.3%. Penguins are eighth at 20%. Penalty kill, Pittsburgh is third at 90.5%. Washington eighth at 83.3%. Goals per game, the Penguins are first at 467 Washington's tied for second at 4.0. Goals against, Penguins are seventh at uh, 2.50 per game. Washington ninth at 3.0. And uh, the interesting part of that is Caps allowing three a game in the first round. Part of that, the total was bloated by the first two games before they got Holpe in there. But uh, all the teams that are uh, below Washington have already been eliminated with the exception of Toronto. And if Toronto gets knocked out tonight by Boston, Washington will have the worst goals against of the remaining teams. Something to consider. Shots uh, per game, Washington is first at 37.2. The Penguins are 12th at 30.7. Shots against, the Penguins are first at 24.7. Washington ninth at 32.7. And face-offs, the Penguins are fifth at 51.3%. Capitals are ninth at 49.8. So it's... Uh, it look, it's looking like a very even series. I think it's going to come down to two things. Um, the special teams, how many penalties are taken and who can crack the other team on the power play. And then uh, intangibly, are, the, are these really a different group of Washington Capitals? Have they found the resilience that the Penguins have relied upon so heavily in winning the last two Cups? And can the Penguins keep it together a little better than they did they didn't lose it against Philly for extended stretches, but a couple, three times it, it, it came unhinged a little bit. And uh, I don't want to say that was concerning, but it was disappointing. If yeah. I was listening to you correctly, Mike, they're they're unbeaten with Holpe. They are. Mm-ha. Four in a row. And he thinks he's a new guy. Of course, what's he going to say? Well, yeah. <laughs> You know, well, yeah. I'm still same the old, old me, same old yeah. crack under Jeez, the pressure. I've never, I've never beaten Brayton. these guys when it mattered before, so it's probably not going to happen this time. Uh, All right, it's going to be fun. Phil Bork coming in in uh, just a little bit. Now, everybody, try to find a good hiding place. This old tree is going to be the base. I'm going to close my eyes and hide my face and count to a hundred by fives. Ready? Go. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 55, 60, 65, 70, 75, 80, 85, 90, 95, 100, ready, hot. Here I come. Apple, peaches, pumpkin pie. Who's not ready? Holler, I. Ah! Oh, all right, I'll count it again, but you better get hit, kid. Here we go. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 55, 60, 65, 70, 75, 80, 85, 90, 95, 100, 100. 110, 115. Yeah, Schoolhouse Rock Radio Night, Here I Come. That's the five song. Bob Doro passing away yesterday. It's a little repetitive. <laughs> yeah, that's how you learn, buddy. Just lock your kid in a room for three days and just play that on loop. <laughs> Sounds like about 10 minutes of Elizabeth Reed. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Hey, your sh- uh, chance to win 1000 bucks in workforce cash coming up top of every hour and all the way through with the drive home with Sean just text the keyword 200 200 uh and you know how you get there right 5 10 the old 29er 29 old 29er coming in <laughs> can't do that by kick up by 29 no that'd no, be very hard 2958 to 80 <laughs> yeah it's the DVE morning show the penguins 
facing the Capitals in round two of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And uh, that's going to be tomorrow night, a 7 o'clock matchup at the Capital One Center in D.C. Is it Capital One Center? Is that what it is? I don't they change the name sure. of all these facilities so often now. I just don't worry about it. Uh, this is PPG Paints Arena South. Kinda. Time for hockey talk. Love the echo and the symbol. Of the Bill end. Bork <laughs> joining us right now live in studio. Borky, you you were safe in Philly. The Bears couldn't hit you up in a booth. <laughs> the Bears? <laughs> did you see him fly? Like, what did it look like? Just cascading, just from all angles, flying down onto the ice? You know, every once in a while you, you flip on CNN and you see these missile attacks. <laughs> yeah, right? like, yeah. And you see yeah. these like missiles. You're like, where are these coming from? So these are kind of, Philadelphia sorties. Yeah, and you, you can just see them like, flying through the air, you know, where somebody's <laughs> bombing Syria or whatever. Yeah. yeah. That, it was one of those moments where you're just like, incoming. Mortar shells. Bunch everywhere. of clowns. Oof. Stay classy, Philly. I kind of do wish it would have hit a referee or something and not like seriously injured right. him or anything, but just to sort of just illustrate. To ding him. Just to show, like, hey, dum dums. You can really hurt somebody. You know, and I heard the like, other day somebody yeah. kind of trying to defend Philly and saying, you know, let's not blame 18,000 people for 20 jackasses. And and my my response to that is this isn't a one-off. This isn't just a, <laughs> you know, a bad day for Philly sports. This isn't the first offense. <laughs> this has been going on for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the the reports from everybody at the game were that the security just ran for the hills. You blame them? They're no. like, the hell with huh. this. And they got out of there. I'm not taking a full beer off the noggin. They're like, we got to go <laughs> pee in our beers. <laughs> go back out there and fight fire with fire. I don't think they actually did that, but it would take way too much effort to actually pee in the beer in your seat. And someone would have taken a picture of it. It would have ended up on Barstool. Um, that notwithstanding, they get rid of the flyers in six. Would have been nicer if they did it in five. But hey, playoff hockey, anything can happen. And it almost did. I'll continue to remind you, it's not supposed to be easy. It's not supposed to be four games or five. You know, it's not supposed to go the way you always want it to go. Right. That there has to be bumps in the road. There has to be uh, uh, tough times. And and that's what, that's what kind of builds the belief, whether it's in this room or in the locker room or on the bench or the people who work in sales and marketing and everything. It all has to build, right, to this kind of crescendo where it just kind of you, you feel like, uh-oh, we're a little bit in trouble, mm-hmm. and then you have that bounce-back ability. Did you hear the or see the video of Gensel mic'd up? Loved it. It was so great, right? Loved it. Oh, well, he sounds like a little kid, though. That's, a, that's the best part. Yeah. That's the best oh, part the is, is these these guys at the toughest moments, when, when they can just let it fly and they feel like they're back playing pond hockey in Minnesota where they're just having a blast. You know, where some players at this time of year, they shrink. They get tight. You know, they mm-hmm. can't sleep at night. They're, yeah. they're squeezing their stick so tight. And you got Jake Gensel just having a blast out Don't there. Don't do it to me. Don't do it to me. I scored last I time you did it to me. I told you. I told you. I don't know what happened with that one. <laughs> Guess I got lucky. 
Oh, yeah, that would piss That's me off three. more than anything if I heard him. Just That's four. <laughs> no, somebody was talking about it. It was a little bit of a, a Jordan-like moment. Remember when he was he was in the playoffs? When he was he just kind of the, giving the, the hands to the side going, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. These threes, they keep going in. Yeah. I can't believe it. <laughs> Boy, one of the things you hear when a power play struggles, sometimes you hear, oh, they're becoming too predictable. Yep. I have never in my life seen a power play as predictable as the Washington Capitals have been since Ovi got right. there, and it still works. Yeah, you're right. It's, Please it's, explain. It, no, it's just one guy just bombing away. It's really not mm-hmm. just one guy. I mean, they've they've got some other weapons, uh, and it's all about the one-timer. When you have three right shots yeah, They don't overthink up, it, do they? No, they really don't. But for me, it's cutting the head off the snake, and it's got a 19 on his back. The Nicholas Backstrom, it seems like everything goes through him on that right half wall. And if you can get to him before he can set anything up, because you see, when you watch that power play and you see Backstrom with the puck, you see Oshie, bam, right-hand shot, open up for the one-timer. John Carlson at the point, open up for the one-timer. Ovechkin on the other side of the ice, open up for the one-timer. That's when all the dominoes fall for them. And if he's able to just let everything uh, unwind, man, you're, you're in trouble. You, you kind of pick your poison, right? Well, should somebody pick the other poison by now? I mean, I, I understand Carlson yeah. and Oshie are good, but mm-hmm. it, it seems like everybody is – taking them away and taking their chances with uh, number eight in the circle doesn't seem to be working. No, you do. You do. I mean, a lot of times when you're penalty kill, penalty kill you, you do a 50-50, right, Mikey? Yeah. Where you kind of split it of, mm-hmm. of, of okay, I, I got to kind of guard this guy and kind of guard that guy at the same time. Well, I think with Ovechkin, you go 60-40, maybe 70-30. You just need to eliminate him. But at the end of the day, for me, the number's three. And that's how many times you can put that power play on the ice per game at the most, at the maximum. This will be the biggest test for the Penguins uh, over the last few years of being the most disciplined. And they've been good, right? They've been good over the years of being disciplined. This series right here will test them uh, in their discipline. Over the Mike Sullivan years, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That you cannot put that power play on the ice more than three times. Was that the closest you've seen since Sullivan has been here to them getting drawn into the mess with Philly? Yes. Yes. You saw, losing their you cool saw moments of them, yeah, losing their cool uh, and, and kind of unraveling. I mean, not, not like times in the past, but you're right. Under Sully, I did see a little glimpse of that, and you have to be aware of that. It needs to be addressed because if I'm on the other side, I'm thinking, okay, if I take a penalty, I'm looking around the eyes going, Okay, I need to take somebody off the ice. What button can I push? Oh, why don't I go to 71? Oh, I know he'll unravel. I just give him a shove and he'll push me back. Right. We'll go to the box together. That cannot happen in the next series against the Washington Capitals. What's different about the Capitals this year as opposed to last year? I mean, they were pretty yeah. darn close to getting it done last year. They've been slowly inching towards climbing over the hump of getting past the, the obstacle that the Penguins have been for Ovi yep. to finally win the big one. I don't see a lot of difference, except that they they have depth. They have they have four lines. They roll four lines, and uh, it's the same core. It's the same group of guys. There's really not a huge difference of what their strengths and weaknesses are over the over the past couple of years. So the difference would be in their opponent, meaning the Penguins are a different team. Yeah, well, the I mean, are the Penguins really a different team defensively? They, yeah, they've had moments. Yeah, but they also when they can knuckle it down. I think when they really need to tighten it up, I think they can. I think we still have to believe that. I know at times you kind of waver away from that. You're like, oh, Borky, I don't see it as much as, as maybe I should. I still believe. 
when when the chips are all on the line and as we get tighter and tighter here, not tighter, but as we get more yeah. important in games here, I still think they can win 2-1-3-2. Two, two. Do you think Washington got over a psychological hump if it exists? I know their fan base is waiting for the <laughs> other anvil to fall like mm-hmm. Wally Coyote. Yeah. Uh, th- that was an uncaps like series in that they came from behind instead of losing from ahead. <laughs> did they did they get a little something? Did uh, they turn a corner mentally? You know, is, get is a little one belief? Of these, I, I understand what you're saying, Mikey, but it is does a leopard change its spots? You know, I mean, there's there's that where I I, I seem like I've rolled into this not this studio because it's your new one, but I've come into this show before and I've kind of been asked the same questions. Oh, is this the different caps? Oh, this is their year. Oh, another uh, you know president's trophy. This is the year. Everybody's saying for the caps, this is when it's going to happen. So here we go again. I mean, is is this the year? I, I don't know. The Penguins, they don't seem to get too emotionally involved in playing the Washington Capitals. They don't. They they feel like okay, this is our opponent. This is what we have to do. The coaches will tell us the strengths and weaknesses, and we go what we do. And I think maybe more in this series than the others, you have to be a little bit more of a faceless assassin, right? That you have to kind of go in, go about your business, and, and not get involved em- as emotionally as I think the Caps do because of maybe the baggage they drag into the series. And because of that baggage, do you think that they have a very tentative or precarious home ice advantage where if, as soon as something starts to go wrong, that building's going to turn. I I think that what if monster is in the closet yeah. of the locker room. <laughs> yeah, and he's just kind of in there twiddling his thumb, saying, uh, "When am I coming out?" Because when's yeah. eighty seven going to turn the doorknob no. and let me out? I mean, it's there. I heard I you mean, talking about this on the air. I forget one of the recent games. I think you said Philly and Montreal are are the quick turn. Ranks. Oh yeah. But yeah. this one could give them a run for their money, right? Absolutely. Because- it, it's unbelievable. When you're up there calling the game and you kind of feel that, and the way the Penguins have that quick strike capability and they're able to you know, to, to swing the tide so quickly, especially in that game in Philly, in number six, uh, and, and you feel it in the fans. You feel the itchy butts in the seats. You can just <laughs> see them squirming around. And, yeah, it happens in Philly, it happens in Mont- but it happens in Washington, too. Particularly against the Penguins, they're, right? They're so passionate. They want to win so bad that when it doesn't go their way, you can you literally feel the, the air get sucked right out of the building. Well, you know, one of their uh, the columnists, who I believe we had on the air last year from uh, The Post, from Washington Post, is Dan Steinberg. Is that it? Uh, he, uh, he wrote a column today, well, the Capitals have sucked me in again. <laughs> This is so stupid. I know better. <laughs> but here I am once again thinking they can do it, even though I should know better. So they have that, you know, the sort of Damocles is dangling over them at all times where they feel like it's just going to fall right on top of me anytime now. Yeah, and Randall, the other side of it is the Penguins, even though they're 9-1 in the 10 series play, they don't toot their horn. They don't think, oh, well, because of what happened in the past, this is what's going to happen in the present. They don't feel that way at all. They just stay in the moment. And that, again, gets back to Sully and getting them dialed in and getting them focused on the task at hand. You got a gut feel on uh, 71 or 62? I don't. I I don't. Um, If they can't go, do you think Sully shortens the bench and just rolls three lines? No, I do not. I, I think this is a series where your fourth line... Here's here's some of the Eat things that I expect to happen in this series. Number one, I think your goaltender has to win you a game. Number two, I think your special teams need to win you a game. Your stars have to win you a game, and your fourth line has to win you a game. That's four games. 
I think that's what go. you need. That will be your equation for this series hmm. if you're going to win it. And that means Zach Aston Reese, Dominic Simone, Carter Rowney, Tommy Kuhnhockel. We need you, man. We gonna, we're going to need you somewhere in this series to score us a big goal because we didn't really get much offense from our fourth line in the first round. And we've seen it. That's been part of the equation, right, the last couple of years? Yep. Kuhnhockel or Cullen or one of those guys has stepped up and scored your big goal in the playoffs. You're going to need it in this series. Well, it helps with Shane's down there. And, yep, and, and Riley Shane, of course. Oh, yeah, that never gets old. The old two-niner, Phil Bork. You can hear him on our brother station, 105.9 The X, tomorrow. I could do this all day. <laughs> yeah, this is getting me pumped. That was phenomenal. <laughs> tomorrow, 7 p.m. puck drop in our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., where Penguins fans, once again, will have a tough time infiltrating the mass of Capitals fans who rediscover hockey in the postseason. <laughs> oh, we'll be there. We got sleeper cells. Owner Ted Leonsis. <laughs> he built his own wall. <laughs> right? Yeah. He tries. Yeah. We still get in there somehow. We find a way. We always oh, yeah. we find a way. Tom and The old 2-9er. You can hear him alongside Hockey Hall of Famer Mike Lang in Washington, D.C. for tomorrow night's Game 1. Sidney Crosby. Alexander Ovechkin. Penguins caps. It's on again, Borky. Here we go again. Crow, Randall, Valerie, and Michael. This is a blast. And good hockey talk. It's 51 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Channel 11 News on Fox 53 weeknights at 10. Have you started to see the ticks yet? Now that it's getting warmer. I haven't. I haven't yet. Well, in uh, nearby New Jersey, the Longhorn Tick is uh, making itself known. According to NJ.com, the tick, also known as the Bush Tick, was discovered last summer when a farmer was covered in thousands of ticks after shearing a sheep. When the incident was reported, health official steps were taken to eradicate the insect from the farm and sheep. I'd love to know how they did that. Officials aren't sure how the tick got here. It's native to countries like China, Korea, and Japan. Oh, the bush tick. That's Get, why you got to shave your bush. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was. <laughs> Did you just fart? No, he's holding in his own laugh. Oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> Not to laugh too hard <clears throat> at his bush joke. Yeah. I was going to say, you have to just get the tiny combs to get rid of those. <laughs> One expert says now that warm weather is returning, expect an explosion of ticks. Oh, good. Tick explosion. Oh, they're in the and coffee deer house ticks tomorrow. are carried not just on deer, but other animals, too. So mm. when you say, ah, oh, deer, they're not just on the deer. They're just riding anything now. Rabbits, chipmunks. And Lyme, Lyme disease is a real deal. Like, you don't want to mess around with that. Hell no. No. My brother got uh, bit. We were in Chicago a couple of years ago, and he's like, I'm not feeling too good. And I, think, I think it was Thanksgiving, and he's like, I, I just feel like I got a, like a little cold or something, and we were like drinking beers, watching football games and everything, and he's just sweating. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, you just, are you going to have a heart attack? Like, what's going on? <laughs> and he's like, I don't know, man. I just feel terrible. And, and then we're like, well, has anything, you know, happened? Like, you know, did you eat something bad or anything? He's like, I don't know. I got bit the other day and he like lifts up his pant leg and it was like a huge bullseye and we're like dude that's like that's a wikipedia picture yeah 
So did he have Lyme disease? Yeah, or? yeah. He got the antibiotic wow. and uh, knocked it out right away. But the trick is finding out that you got it in the first place. Right. And, I, he, and he caught it with Early first, detection is Yeah, huge. he's on an antibiotic the next day. Yeah. but That's pretty amazing. Because I've thought all the time, well, what if one bites me in the back? And you won't know? I don't regularly look at my back in the mirror. Right. Yeah, but every time you go outside, you're in a hazmat suit. <laughs> that is true. Right? That is safe. I just assume that's how you go outside. Keep now. them out. Yeah. And you can just ask your husband to check you for ticks. <laughs> I yeah, mm, I have. <laughs> check me for ticks. Check me for ticks, please. Uh, Santa Cruz, California marijuana dispensary has rolled out a never before used option for pot smokers to get their product. The Kind People's Cannabis Shop is offering a weed vending machine for customers who want to avoid waiting in line. It's got touchscreen technology with photos and pricing information. Customers just need to swipe their ID before choosing their product in an effort to prevent minors from getting purchases illegally. Shoppers have to be 21 years or older in order to buy weed, and the purchases must be paid for in cash. Uh, by the way, great cash, I guess. Going back to the first story. Uh, if the you, ticks. Yes. Joe reminded me that if you do see a tick, uh, you should definitely share Tick picks with one another. <laughs> make sure that you identify which one are deer pick. Tick. Never mind. You better be careful. Yeah. <laughs> there was one of my dogs so small last week. I thought it was just a speck of dirt. I'm like, you know what? I better examine that a little closer. And I'm like, oh, it's got legs. Yeah, that's the tick. Oh, good. Yeah, it was so tiny. When they fill up with blood and they're just all bloated and they're like. I don't know. I just picture them not even caring that you're killing them. Yeah. They're like, I don't even care, dude. I already won. Look at me. <laughs> we have a little tick kit at the back door. Tick kit? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Callen has one yeah. of those, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah. Uh, do people use awful phrases and terminology <laughs> in your workplace? Yes. According to a new survey, more than 70% of us are guilty of using cringeworthy office lines, and the other 30% of us are annoyed every time we hear one. Uh, I see my tick kit. <laughs> some of the most cringeworthy phrases used at the office from a list of 40 include give it 110%. Think outside the box. Uh, yeah, yeah. We got to hammer people it still, out. Uh, people still saying these things? Reach out is the one that always bothers, bothers me. I'm going to reach out to him. Uh, what is he, does he need counseling? Hey, I'm just circling back. <laughs> throw I'm going to circle back with you. Throw them under the bus? Unless you're literally doing it. Blue sky thinking. I've never heard anybody never heard say that. that. Isn't that the Midnight Oil song? Uh, take it to the next level. <laughs> Barking up the wrong tree. These are like phrases in everyday well, life. They, not yeah, just the these office. are dadisms. Yeah, let's ballpark this. This is just idioms. Oh, I ballpark a lot of stuff. Let's yeah. run this up the flagpole. See who salutes. Drill down, deep dive. Yeah, drill down is another one. Play hardball. Don't reinvent the wheel. But what if you can? Guys, I've come up with a new invention. Team player it's called the wheel. And two <laughs> keep me in the loop or I'll keep you in the loop. Loop. Let's all loop each other. Loop, yeah. loop, loop each other in. Loop me in. <laughs> you ever get looped in? Yeah, oh, yeah. Hate that. I Well, because then you have to, who loops you out? Well, you can leave the conversation. You, yeah, you have to oh, I do it all out. the time on mass texts. Yeah, it's You know, great. and you can leave it, and it'll actually send a message to everyone else. It's like, Randy just left the conversation. <laughs> like the oh, I wish flex. I could do that. It's so oh, dude, funny. It's so great. But then you know they're talking about I can you. only You know they're ripping mine. on you like nonstop if you do that. Once, uh, uh, it's got to be real bad for me to leave a conversation. Uh, when a group text gets annoying, I am out of there. I don't 
mind reading them all at once. I hate getting every notification. It gives me anxiety. It's like, oh, ding, bing, bing. Does anything make you angrier than uh, getting a text message and having to like put your uh, password in there or whatever, or just wait for your thumb to turn your phone on and then you click on it and it goes, okay. And that's all. Like someone's responding to what yeah. you just said by just saying, okay. If or, they just put the letter K, I leave that conversation, even if it's just a one-on-one. Yeah, just leave. <laughs> The only, Speaking, pr- the only problem is if you leave the conversation, you can't put yourself back into it. So if a group text right. ever occurs again with the same people, you can't respond. Oh, really? Yeah. But you'll see the text. You're you'll out. be like, oh, now I'm on the outside. Look at in. <laughs> I'm in. Oh, I'm in the sunken place of text messages. <laughs> well, if you can still see them, what's the point of removing yourself? Well, that's if they start another thread. Oh. Another one that we hear uh, in, in our meetings a lot is that's a sidebar. Hey, let's have a sidebar. You guys want to do a sidebar conversation? Right. Let's have a sidebar. sidebar. Now we'll double back. We'll double back. We'll on reconnect. The sidebar. I'll loop you in. With a lot the of reconnect. Double back. As long as nobody's been thrown under the bus, we, we got we got to drill down on some things as well. Right. But that'll be something that we'll circle back about. <laughs> Speaking of texting, bad texts are worse than bad sex. A new survey by dating site Plenty of Fish found 58% of singles said bad grammar in text messages was a bigger turnoff than bad sex. And stay away from the eggplant emoji. 75% of singles said it was a turnoff. Yeah, because it, I mean. Other emoji turnoffs. It's purple. Were the peach? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that looks like a doctor. What? Is the peach supposed to be a butt? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Around there. Or back or front back or, yeah. (laughs) It could be, it's one of the butts. And fire. It was also a big turnoff. The wink and kiss emojis were the top flirty emojis for singles surveyed. Really? So singles pay attention to that. Man, I don't know how these kids do it. This is a different different ball game today. Uh, totally different. One, I met Serena on MySpace. I mean, when we met, she you know, we were both had MySpace pages. But you didn't meet on MySpace. No. no. Uh-uh. Um, but it was pretty funny. They have that feature, talk to text. Mm-hmm. And uh, I updated my phone and didn't realize that it had put in the new, you can record a voice message and text it. So I thought I was talking to text Mm -hmm. (laughs) to a friend of mine about Radiohead. And I was like, oh, that sounds really cool, period. I look forward to seeing what Tom does with the next solo thing that he does, comma, because I was really excited <laughs> about the last one, stop, or whatever, you know, and then. Oh, you even dictate the punctuation. Point. You have yeah, to. Yeah, you have to. If and you then, don't, it just. She was like, what the hell is that? And I'm so like, it was a voicemail oh, message? I'm mortified, yeah. It was Did you just send me like a telegram, <laughs> dude? Like, I was talking like a robot, and it sent it to her. And I was like, oh, son of a. <laughs> That's funny. And then I saw it, like, I realized what happened as it was being sent. I'm like, wait. And then just did the Homer screw. <laughs> you know? Like, no! <laughs> well, I told you, me and Serena, like, I have that. We both have Snapchat. So we'll do a filter and we'll just send each other funny messages, you know, back and forth. That's hilarious. <laughs> it's it's so fun. Yeah. But you don't post them. They're just no, personal. No, I haven't. Yeah. I, I have a Snapchat account. Haven't posted one of them. I do too, and I've never. Yeah, I have no interest. In I have that. fifty yeah. of them in my phone, though. Well, the rest of social media is killing me on a daily basis, slowly. So I figure I'm going to really wait until the. I need to be finished off completely. 
I think it's time for you to hate Snapchat. Okay. I look forward to that. Dive in. Sure. Really. Finally, the official cause of death for Night Court star Harry Anderson was a stroke, but influenza and heart disease are listed on his death certificate as contributing factors. Anderson passed away last week at the age of 65. I was sad that I wasn't here to talk about that Mm -hmm. because he was uh, uh, he was a big favorite of mine. He was a kind of a misunderstood guy in some respects. A lot of people just considered him to be an actor, and he kind of hated that he had become known as an actor more than a magician, which is really what he was. I mean, he was like a, I mean, he was just like a raconteur. If you ever read about his story, I mean, the guy was a genius, and he really revered the craft of magic. And magic's not something that I get terribly excited about. Right. But when guys like him did it, the way he did it, I just I remember thinking he was so cool when I was a kid. When he hosted SNL, it was one of the coolest performances ever. He did that the needle through the arm trick, which freaks everybody out. And yeah, the way he would talk about what he was doing while he was doing it, he's like, "I'm tricking you. This isn't happening. It looks like it is, but it's not." But he was valedictorian of his class. Like he was a super smart dude who was born to a prostitute mom. Wow, uh, really? Yeah, and uh, and he's he was just a kind of a grifter. But he was hyper intelligent, and he um, he basically got discovered, uh, and, and was asked to be on Cheers after doing a I can't remember what talk show he did, but was it know, like Harry the Hat or something? Harry the Hat was a character that he came yeah. up with based on guys that he used to hang around when he was a kid in Chicago, playing uh, cards and teaching him card tricks in the lobby of this hotel Grifters, in Chicago. I can't remember it, but Con Harry men. the Hat was a guy there that he sort of model himself after. And when they uh, did Cheers, they thought he would be a good side character. And, of course, he was brilliant in the episode. The The episode where he fixes the card game with Coach is one of the greatest episodes of television ever because <laughs> there, it's, there's some hilarious lines in it, and it's a great story, and they're trying to, like, double-cross this double-crosser. It's it's really brilliantly done. But at any rate, he, he did a lot for New Orleans, um, he moved down there and opened up a couple of magic shops. And there's this really cool story about his love of the Maltese Falcon. So he uh, he had a replica of the Maltese Falcon. And when he got the Falcon, not Falcon, whatever, when he got Night Court, they wanted some of his stuff for his office. Like, we want to model this character after you. So he gave him his replica of the Maltese Falcon. So he puts it up in the back uh, in his office. Mm-hmm. And it's sitting there, and so they do the pilot, and uh, the props department is like, okay, uh, we got the go-ahead. We're going to fully do this up you know, with uh, the full Warner Brothers power, and uh, when you come back from break, this will look different, but kind of the same. kind of the same. So he comes back, and he looks at the Falcon, and he's like, that's not the original Falcon I had. That's not the one I gave them, which was this replica I had. So he goes to the props guy, and he goes, where'd you get that? And the guy's like, oh, I went into... Uh, the props department, it was in the archives. I just grabbed it. So Warner Brothers did the Maltese Falcon. So he's like, I got the original Maltese Falcon. Wow. So he's like psyched about it. Oh, that's awesome. And he becomes friends with Mel Torme, as you know, his character is, you know, obsessed with him on the show. And Mel Torme invites him to the to the uh Playboy Mansion. And he says, Hey, Hef is a real big fan of the Maltese Falcon. You should bring the Falcon and tell him the whole story. So he goes oh, no. to the to the Playboy Mansion, and he's got the Falcon. He's like sets it on the table, and he's telling him the whole story about everything. And Hef's like watching him and uh, listening to a story, and he's like, "I'll be right back." Goes to the other room, comes back in. He has the Maltese Falcon. 
And he's like, I oh, have no. the original one right here. This is the Maltese Falcon. And Harry's like, no, it's not. It can't be. This is. I've done all the research on it. you know. So they're like arguing and it, with each other about who has the original Maltese Falcon. And then they kind of deduced, well, it makes sense they would have had a couple of these. Yeah. So they might have both been in the movie. But he, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so he, uh, he always, if you look at Night Court, it's always in the background. Which I just thought was a funny, stupid aside. But a bunch of my friends have stories of partying with that guy because he was very present in the French really? Quarter. Yeah, he wow. had two music, um, um, magic shops. One of them was by appointment only. And it was named after something in the movie, the detective agency. I can't remember the name of it now. To but, me, he was, he was uh, you know, I watched him in the 80s growing up and I thought he was really funny. I also think that his style of comedy really didn't age well with... How cynical stand-up became. Well, he and wasn't a comedian, though. I mean, he really was like the amazing Jonathan, like Penn and Teller. That's really what he was. But he he hosted just in doing some prep for for the show to to speak about him. He hosted live at Gotham two years ago, mm-hmm. which I was just like, whoa! I because I hadn't seen or heard of him in years. I think he really. Like when you watch that Elvis documentary and Elvis was jealous of like the Bob Dylans and all those people who were able to just play music. Like I think Harry felt that way about mm-hmm. Penn and Tellers and, and those guys who went on to have amazing Super careers star. and and really sort of recreated the form because he was such a student of that. I can't remember how many Carsons he did, but it it had to be in the you know, near a dozen. But he was a hilarious guy and um, anybody that ever like ran across him, apparently he was a, he was a, he liked to imbibe. He was, <laughs> a, he liked to have a good time. So uh, RIP Harry Anderson. That's it. You want to do the Can weather? I do the weather? Yeah. Scattered showers, upper 50s today. It's 51 at DV. Thanks, Val. Coming up next, sports Mike Pursuta and the pens and the caps are at it tomorrow, 7 o'clock. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Hey, you want to be as happy as, uh. Is uh, Jake and Bake there? Be caller number 15 right now at 333-WDBE. You win a pair of tickets to see Billy Gardell Friday, April 27th at the Benedum Center this November. That's right. Not April 27th. That's when the tickets go on sale. November 16th. That's the show we're giving them away for. Friday, April 27th is when they go on sale. You'll win the tickets for the November 16th show. Tomorrow is the pre-sale for that one. So Billy will be joining us again tomorrow, by the way. But be caller 15 now at 333-WDBE, and you win tickets to see Billy Gardell in November. Sports coming up next. Mike Pursuta and Mark Madden closing things out. To- DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. It's on tomorrow night, 7 o'clock in D.C. Sports This Hour brought to you by Caseta by Lutron Smart Lighting Controls. It is on tomorrow in D.C., 7 o'clock on NBCSN, the Pens and the Caps, Game 1. Fascinating stuff, as always, from Phil Bork a few minutes ago, but I really liked his take on uh, the mindset that both of these teams will potentially be carrying into the series. I think the Caps are going to get quite a bounce from beating the Jackets the way they did from being the resilient team that was able to rally and not panic and uh, climb out of that 2 nothing hole, a uh, couple of daggers, overtime losses on home ice, and then win four in a row against a Columbus team that's hard to beat four times in a row. But I also like Borky's theory on the Penguins approaching this much more as a means to an end against any, as opposed to anything else. They, 
They've won the last two cups. They know this is the second round of potentially four. It's not necessarily uh, another chance to stick it to the Caps after sticking it to the Flyers. Here's Sidney Crosby on that subject yesterday. You know, it's a it's a playoff series. It's intense, and you know both teams play hard. But I think, uh, like any series, I think you know with each game that goes on, it gets more and more intense. And you know, you saw the same thing at the Philadelphia series. Um, just teams play each other that many times in a row. That just develops and it builds. Yeah, it gets intense because of what it is, not because of who you're trying to beat. And I wonder if if the Capitals might be a little too focused on having to beat the Penguins finally once and for all and how might that affect them. You never know, but it's fun to talk about before the game. It's a storyline that'll pop right back up as soon as something happens that leads people to believe same old caps. Or if they get ahead, can you finish it this time? I don't think it goes away either way. If they fall behind, it's certainly going to be front and center, but if Washington gets a one or two game lead, can you can you not blow it this time? Can you not choke this time? It's mm-hmm. it's going to be a question until it is answered by uh, Washington, and maybe that's this spring. Maybe it isn't. Uh, I also uh, appreciated Phil Bork's stance on how the Penguins are going to need contributions from everyone in uniform throughout uh, the roster, particularly if they don't have Evgeny Malkin and or Carl Hagelin. At the outset, they seem uh, well-peopled enough, at least up front. Here's Mike Sullivan yesterday on rookie Zach Aston Reese. We like Zach's game. You know, he's a, he's a stiff player. He's uh, he's good on the wall. He's uh, He's got a physical edge to his game. Uh, he's good in the battle areas. He's very good in front of the net. That's one of the reasons why we've used him on, on some of our power plays. Uh, he's strong and, uh, and he's stiff. And, and he's brave. He's willing to go to the battle areas. He competes extremely hard. Uh, we really like his game. I think he's getting better with every game that he plays. I think this playoff intensity and the playoff experience he's, he's gaining right now is just going to make him that much better. And his learning curve is steep because he's so young. And, uh, and, and we can see improvement from a game-to-game basis with Zach. So we're really excited about what he brings to our team. Yeah, I think that guy's going to be heard from. And I also liked what I saw from Dominic Simone uh, in the event he would become involved again. It didn't look too big for him. Uh, no, he didn't when, look when like he got he a panicked. chance against Philly. I thought he really handled himself well given the circumstances. Pens and Caps tomorrow night in D.C. The Bruins and Maple Leafs will play game seven tonight. Toronto's battled back from 3 1 down. Bruins will uh, set an NHL record with the 26th game seven in franchise history tonight. Uh, currently tied with Detroit with 25. And uh, the NHL announcing the finalists for one of its awards yesterday. Uh, the three finalists for the Marc Messier Leadership Award are Derek Englund of the Vegas Golden Knights, Wayne Simmons of the Flyers, and Blake Wheeler of the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, the Messier Leadership Award is presented to the player who exemplifies great leadership qualities to his team on and off the ice and who plays a leading role in his community growing the game of hockey. I guess that's where it differs from the King Clancy Award, which is on ice and community involvement, mm-hmm. humanitarian. Uh, this is growing the sport. And, uh, boy, it seems like hockey players are always willing to do that. Yeah. Well, I think that they're, it's unique because they know that it's a, uh, it's a tough sport to get started in for a lot of people. And you have to, there has to be a village to raise a, a hockey player. Yeah. 
It takes a lot. Well, that's why I think that it, hockey players are less likely to get in trouble when they're, you know, post-adolescent. You see a lot of kids in college and stuff like that who might find trouble and hockey players not as much because they got, you know, supervision and people are, you know, they have a home life when they're playing in juniors and stuff like right, that. Right, they got like you know? four they different host families. Family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. You know, you get brought out of a poverty situation and put on your own somewhere in a big campus setting, maybe not quite the same thing. Yeah, just when, whenever I see them around kids, they seem to be having a great time. Yeah. The, not the, the kids, but the guys who are doing the coaching or whatever it is, uh, just, even just fooling around. Gensel all still sounds like a kid. <laughs> I like your merchandise, your merchandising idea, the tickle me Gensel. Tickle me Gensel. I think that would sell like hotcakes. Yeah, it'd be. Yeah. You know, you heard that uh, that clip you just played. You could hear uh, the PA guy in the background, Lou Nolan. Gensel scored again before they had announced his previous goal. <laughs> That's got to be a pretty good. Hey, you're one behind. I love that Lou Nolan clip of him uh, chastising the uh, the Flyers fans for throwing stuff on the ice. Now you've done it. Nice going. Way to go. Flyers the have been penalized. <laughs> Way to go. Mark Madden joins us when we come back here in the studio on the DVE Morning Show. It's the DVE Morning Show. Joining us right now from 105.90X, it's uh, sports radio talk show host, Mark Madden. Good morning, everybody. How are you? Good morning. I'm okay. You got your Penguins uh, shirt on there. Yeah, Penguins t-shirt. I thought you were drinking a Coors Light. No, I'm (laughs) drinking the best uh, cola there is, Diet Right Pure Zero Cherry Cola. It's caffeine-free, it's calorie-free, it's everything-free. And I get it free. Where did you find it? On Amazon? Uh, I, a, a guy I know is a distributor for, that's like the Snapple company, Snapple and Diet Right, okay. and he gets it for me. It's hard to find. I would think so. That is the most specialized cola I've ever it's seen. It's wonderful. Yeah. And a wonderful mixture yes. as well. It can't be good for you. Yeah, it's zero everything. It says right here. Yeah, well, <laughs> how do they get the taste in there? Good question. Why ask why? Is that their motto? I think that was somebody else's motto. <laughs> Pretty sure point. it was. Why ask why? Um, all right. I'll ask why. I don't care. I'll go ahead and do it. <laughs> You're merciless, Randall. <laughs> what do I got to lose? He's crazy. Uh, why are the Penguins going to stop the Capitals yet again? I, I don't have a good feel for how this is going to go because, because of Malkin and Haglin. And uh, some people might underestimate the absence of Hagelin, but he sets the pace with their forecheck, and he's a brilliant penalty killer. And Gino's one of the top five players in the world. Now, can, can they win against the Capitals without those guys? Yeah. Can they win four out of seven? I'm not sure about that. If these guys missed a game or two, maybe there wouldn't be a problem. But maybe we're indulging in empty speculation because perhaps they'll play tomorrow night. We just don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hagelin seems closer to being able to play than than seventy one, right? I don't know. I mean, they're on lockdown with information. There's not even any whispers about these two guys right now. Well, Mackey did talk to Shane yesterday, and he said something to the effect of, "We're going to have to, you know." In speaking of playing without Malkin, was saying, 
hey, we're going to have to really be on all our details without him and, you know, seem to intimate they he wasn't expecting him to play. Yeah, and and without Malkin, they have to play better defensively. Murray has to do a better job in goal. Murray yeah. wasn't horrible in the first round. He just needs to play a bit better. And uh, the Penguins aren't the kind of team, though, to go on lockdown and trap it up and try to eke out a 2-1 win. That's just not their style. And they are dogged in their resistance to ever adopting that no. style. So so they're going to win their way or they're going to lose, and you can't really hate them for that because... Eight goals. And plan A's, well, against a terrible goalie and a terrible defense, but plan A's worked Malkin. pretty good for them over the last couple of years. And yeah. Part of their plan, they, they they don't trap, but they can manage the puck well and they can play in the other team's end. Right, they, their, their defense they can, is offense. They can forecheck and create off of that. They don't have to play irresponsibly. But but they have done lately. Like, yeah, like, like, they've like, gotten a little loose. Like there have been some blue line turnovers... That, that killed them and potentially, you know, could have beat them in the Philadelphia series were they playing a team with better goaltending and, and better defense. Kind of lost in the shuffle was like a real bad turnover by Hornquist at the blue line in goal. game six. That uh, I think that was the the, uh, the Couturier go-ahead goal uh, right at the beginning of the second period that could have been very costly. But when you score eight, I guess you can figure <laughs> on like that once in a while. Yeah, well, he really Yeah, that was a de facto shorty. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, so Latang was the one that was a little concerning for a couple of reasons. I disagree, but go ahead. All right, well, I know, because he was plus three for the game, right? So, yeah, and three assists. Right. Um, but his willingness to be pulled into a, uh, a fight or just lose his head, you can't give these guys a uh, man advantage. No, and, and, and Ovi. Because he sta- kills you. He stands in the same spot, takes the same shot, you know what's coming, and nobody can stop it. Uh, I, I talked on my show yesterday about you know potentially manning up on him and making the rest of the power play a four on three, but if you did that, Ovi would just skate to the blue paint, take that guy with him, and then the Capitals have unspeakable room everywhere else on the ice. And plus, Ovi's pretty good in front of the net too. Uh, I agree, you can't take Cavalier penalties, and uh, the cross check by Latang in Game Six wasn't wise. But then again, I look at Phil Kessel taking that penalty, sticking up for. For ha- for Hagelin after you know that that cheap shot candy ass Giroux took a run at him and left his feet, and uh, Sherry battling with Konetsky, even though Sherry you know can't even get on the big kids rise at Kennywood. That was crazy <laughs> that they called Sherry after the fact on that. Well, one. they were going to even it up all along, but I thought that inspired the team a little bit because when you got those two guys that deep in the battle, I don't think anybody else has an excuse. I don't know if the if the Kessel thing inspired anybody, but. I know. Oh my God! A guy who would never do that, doing that. He didn't beat the hell out of him. He, he, played, he just him. grabbed him. He made him back down. Giroud didn't want to fight and shouldn't want to fight. He shouldn't want to take himself off the ice. Yeah, that was. But it still, it still was good. Trust me. See, that's what I was saying too. It's not just the effort; it's who it came from and who it came against. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Boy, imagine if he backchecked. Oh, well, back-checks let's not get ahead crazy? of ourselves here, Mike. You, you don't think he backchecks? I, I don't think his game's as complete as it could be. I don't think he blocks shots. I think he. Skates like crazy to yeah. get back in the play. He's not a polished defensive player, but he is what he is, and I think he's more effective in his own end than than, than people would give him credit for. Okay, uh, tomorrow's the NFL draft, which in, is to say he's okay in Dallas. And uh, my question to you is this: Mel Kiper, on the scale, in your estimation, does he rank closer to genius or charlatan? 
both because <laughs> really he's, he's a, a genius, genius for charlatan. making this much yeah. money off uh. for so long, and he's a charlatan <laughs> for wanting to like. I, I did a better uh, way to sell snake oil. <laughs> I, I did a bit about this yesterday. Here's what here's what you gotta love about guys like him and McShay. They yeah, do, but McShay's you know an acorn off of his tree. Exactly. They do a um, a mock draft every 15 minutes, like going to the draft, right? And then when the actual draft takes place, it resembles their mock drafts not at all. Mm-hmm. They got everything wrong, okay? And then the next season, so-and-so who was supposed to be good sucks. So-and-so who was supposed to go in the in the fourth round and do nothing went in the second round, and he's the rookie of the year. But the minute the draft is over, guys like Mel get a clean slate, and nobody has questioned uh, questions them on on what they got wrong the year before. It, it's unbelievable. They work a job where there is zero accountability, absolutely none. Isn't it just because they're the main thing that they do is kill time yes. and just provide content at a time of the year where nobody else wants to do it that work? The hell out of Jalen Rose and Michelle <laughs> right. Beagle. I'd, I'd, t- I'd take Mel and his hair over those two any day. But. <laughs> and so would ESPN at this point. It probably would have arrived at this. They probably would have been able to monetize the draft and turn it into an entertainment spectacle. Uh, but Mel Kuyper was the real impetus for Since it 1984. All. Since 1984. Yeah. He's been doing this that oh, long. Oh, I know. Yeah. Those, um, he was only to, like 25 then. We used to get those uh, the books he did. My dad would get them. Um, yeah, I used to get those too. The, yeah, they look like uh, they it were, was blue and it had like a a bad picture on the yeah, front. Yeah, the of it picture so was like grainy. Out of focus and, yeah, and it looked well, like so, you know so what it looked well. like, Mike. It looked like a program at a high school football game. Oh, like a good high school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like a good one. And then you know it it was super fun to read. Yep. Uh, but it was before he blew up, and you got to think like this was the first guy. Who figured out that NFL fans are so crazy that they actually will get this in off season content? Yeah, is what it is. And, and where where mm-hmm. I give Mel credit to is, uh, Triv. I know you've heard of these this group, Our Lads. Yes, there's a scouting service called Our Lads that you does like basically them. the same thing Mel does. Well, they're much more knowledgeable. Like if you go back, we we did yeah. this years ago. There was another guy named Joel Bushbaum who who has died. But he came. He, I heard Mel killed him. He <laughs> he, he piggybacked Kuiper. He was pretty yeah. good. But but the Arlads guys. I used to go back and comp- I, I did this way back when at twelve fifty. I used to go back and compare the draft to what Mel predicted and what Arlads predicted. And Arlads was like eighty percent closer. They were that much better. But we used to have one of their guys on on the show for a weekly segment, and he couldn't talk. Yeah, that's Mel a drag. can talk. Yeah, Mel can like like Triv said. Mel can sell the snake oil. He he has that Sunday morning preacher type thing going. But and it's also- not going away because guys now that are that used to be in the industry, like Daniel Jeremiah, was a former scout for the Ravens and the right. Eagles, and I think the Bengals. And he, like he figured out, I don't have to go traversing the country anymore and go to these backwater schools and kill <laughs> myself. I could just go to Mobile for the Senior Bowl and hang around where I'm at and and just talk about this stuff. And he's very good on air. He goes to the Combine. He gets a lot of hits on uh, NFL Network. His job is to be a scout for the NFL Network, not for a team. I really, and it's easier. I think that it, it was uh, a stroke of genius on his part to start to do this because it is something that is easily defended. Because when you get it wrong... When they don't pick who you think they're who you they put in screwed their up. Yeah, they screwed up. They screwed up. He attacks the GM and says this is the bad move, and that's why uh, was it uh, Bill Tobin from the the Colts '94 teed off on who the hell is Mel Kiper? 
Who cares what he says? You always wonder whether whether Mel, and for that matter, all the draft Knicks, are their mock drafts based on what they think the teams will do, or are they rating the players in order of quality? And the answer, of course, is they conveniently go back and forth depending on what makes them look better. Uh, Mel Kuyper uh, is the reason I got banned from the Tony Kornheiser show, the radio show. <laughs> Why? Because Why? because uh, they did they did a mock draft one time. It was the year the Steelers drafted Plex. So that's like what two thousand one, Triff. Two thousand, I think. Yeah, when they drafted Plex, and so uh, listen to how I was introduced. Tony introduces me as, <laughs> well, we tried to get Ed Bouchette to come in and make the make the mock draft pick, but we couldn't get him. So he, here's yeah. Mark Madden. Kornheiser with ESPN loves Bouchette. Radio yeah. in twelve fifty, and I go, well, that's certainly a ringing endorsement, Tony. So I picked Plex, and um, and 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 and, um, and Mel and Mel Kuyper goes, "Well, do you have anything to add?" And I, he's on the show, and I go, "Yeah, Mel, how come every year you predict the draft? Every year you totally screw things up, and the next day you get a clean slate, like the stuff I've been talking about now." Kornheiser hung up on me and banned me from the show forever. Come on! <laughs> and I've talked to Mel since then. Mel had no hard feelings; thought it was a good question. Yeah. <laughs> the answer is I don't know, but I'm not going to cut myself off. Is Kornheiser still doing a radio show? I'm not sure. I used to really like his show. I thought he, he I, did do a really good show. I, no question. Yeah, I mean, he but, could be annoying, but his his oh, show was really good. Brilliant guy. But he then, really but, is. But then, yeah. but then he did what too many of them do, and this is this is rampant. Uh, he he got too many voices on the show that weren't good. You know what I mean? Like he'd have he'd have like on his show, he'd have like seven people coming in and out. Yeah, the producer, the you know, just everybody. If, if you poked your head in the studio, you'd get 15 minutes on the show because that was less work Tony had to do. And he, he just he just his laziness made it a much lesser program after a while. Well, he started to make a lot of content out of the people's lives on that show, and it was not like Howard Stern interesting. It's kind of like, well, I don't really care about this guy. And when they don't do something different, when they're all just ta- you know bringing their sports analysis, right. not some unique perspective, it really does all kind of blend together, right? Which right. I think Dan Patrick can suffer from sometimes too. Yeah, absolutely. Now because he does. those guys are all the same voice to me, right? Right. Even Stern now. I mean, like I don't care about all those people. There's too many of them for one thing. I haven't had a chance to listen in a while. I want to go back. He's still the best interviewer. He's so great. At He's the best interviewer, but other than that, it's it's not very good anymore. Not it just what it isn't. used to be. Well, I, hey, you know, it's a dying form, Mark. Oh, literally Thank- in my case. Yeah. <laughs> Your form is dying. No, no, no. I just feel terrible all Do, the time. Yeah. Really? I'm old, I've been old and fat for well, fat for a long time and old now. I think yeah, I'm worried about your uh, your heart. Now, like oh, what what is your what is your doctor. cardiologist saying? I, I see him every year and he says come back next year. Yeah, but your diet That's all you he should, says? You should change your diet. Who to, says I haven't? I I I I try just can't stick to it. It's how tough. often do you eat wings? I haven't had wings now for over two weeks. That's pretty good. Yeah. Right. What if your doctor is like the Mel Kuyper of doctors, <laughs> and he just gives you a, a clean bill of health and gets it wrong, and then every year you give oh, him a clean don't, slate? Don't say I that. like an anti-inflammation diet. I go with the sweet potatoes every time and get, get a little green action in there, you, a little you would, piece. You would be amazed at how little crap I eat. You, no. you really would. How often do you eat from a bar? I've been eating from a bar for over a week. Okay. That's not bad. If you can limit the amount of times a bartender gives you your dinner, you're doing good. I, I haven't eaten I I haven't eaten pizza for over three four weeks. Maybe Boy, that's a that. killer, isn't How it? As you, you get that? older, the pizza's a killer. Yeah, yeah. I'm not as hungry anymore. I, I you know, I think I got about three years left. That's it. Yeah. Now I got you at five. 
Well, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You got a, a solid five. However, you can no, make is some. That un- five, is that five good years, or I, am I like lying in a heap for like half of them? No, you're just going to be uh, you're going to be a, a bench player the last couple of years. Okay. But still, you could change all that. You have the power to change it. How? Stop drinking diet right cherry. Diet. This yeah. is fine. No, it's not. This is fine. It's what? What is wrong with this? It's just a it's zero everything. Carcinogen zero in a everything. can. Carcinogen. They would have to, the Surgeon General, there's no warning. <laughs> then it's fine. I'm sorry. <laughs> I will have you insult my wing eating and my pizza eating, but not diet right pure zero All cherry right. cola, you son of a bitch. You've drawn the line. <laughs> I stepped over your diet right line. If I drank nothing but this, I'd be, well, actually nothing but this probably wouldn't be very no, good. No, that wouldn't be good. That's yeah. got to be bad for you. Yeah, but you don't, no, you're not, not a heavy boozer. You're not a heavy no. boozer. You don't smoke. It's the diet. If you could just exercise and diet a little I, I, better. I'm on the treadmill for two and a half miles every day. Are you really? Every single that's day. That's great. Keep oh, that's that great. Up, man. It's that's... doing almost no good. No, that's not true. How do you know? I feel terrible, like I just said. Well, maybe you're walking too much. You know what you should get? You should get <laughs> my you hips, should, my knees. You should get a treadmill desk. That's what Jimmy Kimmel got. That's yeah. how he, he really? lost his weight. Yeah. That's a good idea. They should spring for some exercise equipment in this building. Yeah. That would be great. If there was, yeah, they if really there should. was I would, ex- I would exercise. In in the middle of the day. If we had a staff gym. Oh, dude, Sean McDowell would just sit in the sauna all day. He'd do a show from there. Hey. Hey. Why don't we have that? Billy. What, a staff sauna? Yeah, no, a staff gym. What is it is this old performance yeah, studio down there? They were talking about turning that into, into a little workout room. Were they really? Oh, it's a broom it's closet. A dude, look, how, look how gross our kitchen is. Imagine how gross the gym would be. Yeah, but I'd use it. When you use it? No, never. Oh no, because you, you, but you're, but you guys work in a corner of the day. Yes. You, you, does that make any sense? I mean, no, I, yeah, we're in here for the most of the time. We're in here. Nobody else is in the building. I'm in the middle. I, I could, I could, you know, I could easily use. I it. I would totally use it. Yes. Yeah, were you really? All right. Yeah. Well, let's. Do you see. think there's any chance of them doing it? I don't think oh, there's I think any it's chance. great chance. Yeah, stuff happens yeah. around here. Just you know. I'll tell you what'll happen Ideas right now. Are hatched and if you're willing to do an endorsement for a, a fitness company, they'll probably. <laughs> yeah, they're falling all over themselves to get me to endorse them. <laughs> <laughs> this is Mark Madden for. G and L Fitness, Landy's, Landy's treadmills. Yeah. Well, there you or go, Landice, whatever you pronounce. Man, we get a couple Peloton bikes in there. Is that what they're called? Yeah, yeah. And uh, sure. some of those new uh, life cycle things with the they got the TVs on them that make it look like you're running outside. Yeah. Oh, this is great. you're talking state of the art. Yeah. I, I'm I'm picturing we go to some you know Home Depot oh, of uh, yard sale of old you'll be, equipment. You'll be, you'll be on next week saying you know it's funny he talked about this stuff just before he died. <laughs> No, I won't talk about you after you're dead. Uh, <laughs> Mark Madden. <laughs> Check him well, out. Well, thank you. Well, no, I wouldn't do that. It's not, not no. We're going to need a shower if no. we get all this crap. Yeah, when that, then we need a shower. Do you want to shower with the people here? Well, no, no. I but I could just work out and not take a shower till I get home. Oh. I mean, I, oh, 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 okay, they're going to fire me? Look, you know, No, they're not going to fire you. It's just gross. So what? Uh, uh, I would bathe and diet right pure zero cherry coin. Just pour it over myself. We'll just do that. We'll You've go. never tried this, have you? No. It's wonderful. I guarantee you it what is. You, what is your choice of drink? Your choice of alcoholic beverage? Just beer? I, I'm a, a Bud Light and vodka drinker. And that Jameson's if uh, if uh, the mood strikes me. Vodka and diet right pure zero cherry cola. Yeah. Specifically Tito's. Unbelievable. Oof. Why is everyone on the Tito's? I don't know. But it's I just, it just switch from kettle to Tito's now. Because it's potato yeah. vodka? Is that what it is? That's not the answer. I just honestly, I like it because it just it blends well with diet right, pure zero cherry cola. 
I, I think it tastes okay. It has a good label. Do you ever drink Boyden Blair vodka, the local one? No, I don't That's know what that is. Good. There's another, that new yeah. place in Carnegie, too. They do uh, vodka. Well, I will drink any gin? vodka that people send to me for free, as well as use any treadmill that they send here as well. All right, so. Uh, I would drink the vodka while on the treadmill. All right, we have a meeting with sales coming up here, uh, and we'll tell them. You no-showed the, uh, the uh, all the advertisers came in the other day. You know, I was on vacation. That. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You are. Yeah. Were you on vacation because you knew oh, what all the advertisers would be coming? Yeah, I no. wasn't there either. When did they come in? No. They didn't None invite of us. us. Were invited. Are you serious? Yeah. No. Oh, it was catered. They had sesame chicken. Wow. <laughs> Monday. Oh wait. No, yesterday. It was just the guys from Window you Nation. You were here yesterday. It was the guys from Window Nation. You were here yesterday. It wasn't. You yesterday. You were on vacation. It wasn't yesterday. Liar. Yes, it was. I didn't even. What are you talking about? Well, it I was guess yesterday. you didn't get invited either. I didn't get invited Whoa. either. Oh, I guess it's only for big shots. Yeah. Oh, you are a liabetic. Whatever. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed your whatever. Sesame chicken potatoes was, it was really good. No, no, no. I Again, there was all kinds of stuff there that probably would have been worse, but I just ate the sesame chicken. That was it. There you go. Love sesame chicken. I bet. So you think that's a key to not eat at bars? Yes. Bar food is bar- How often do you eat at bars? Bad. Rarely. But what if you got like a grilled chicken salad at a bar? Do they put some kind of special damaging ingredient in those <laughs> meals at the bars, because that wouldn't surprise me. No, look, you it's can a eat at a restaurant right, that has a bar summer. and sit at the bar at the restaurant. It's the places that are primarily a bar, and then they have like good bar food. Those are the ones you have to. But doesn't it depend on what you order from the menu? Yeah, but um, again, if it's a but restaurant, the wings really not that a bar. bad. Yes, really, they're delicious, they're but they're so bad. In, in, it's in still, what ways? It's a ton of cholesterol and fat. That the skin, it's the skin. Skin oh, gets okay. you. What if you get skinless? Skinless wings? Oh, that's gross. Ugh. That's just... Ugh. That, would, that would just make me sick from, from thinking about <laughs> that it. That just made me sad. Skinless wings. What about wings marinated in Diet Right Pure Zero Cherry Cola? I swear to God, I was in Tampa and had Dr. Pepper ribs and thought it would be like, oh, this is just a novelty thing. It was the best ribs I've ever had. We should have a taste-off. For, for Diet Colas in this show one day. Sure. No, you're, Do just, it. you're just dismissing that out of no, here. No, you, you bring all the random weird colas that you like to Diet drink. Diet Shasta. Yeah. You, that's, like, that's so off-brand. No, though. I don't know. This is the, I like Diet Pepsi. I like anything Diet. I haven't had caffeine in years. Do you know that? What's and that? Still, this is pure zero. It's Diet, There's man. There's no caffeine it's, in that? It has, no, it does not. It no. has nothing in it. You know how you can lose some weight? No flavor. Go ahead. Start drinking some caffeine. Are you serious? Yeah. Get your metabolism going. Start taking Adderall. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, can we get some of that in here? <laughs> Snort a line of Adderall, yeah. chug a coffee. Exactly. And then uh, hit the treadmill. A You'll do your an, show in 20 minutes. In an Adderall dispenser. Aren't you running over? Way over. Way, it's embarrassing. Way, way, way over. Way it's over. just embarrassing how far. And, and for nothing. This has been really a pointless just five minutes. mindless banter. Mindless banter. Yeah, but yeah. I, I know there's always a nugget that I can I can draw out of you that That's it makes, a good it, way all, to put it. makes it all worth it in the end. But today, Diet I'm feeling nuggets. like you're nuggetless. <laughs> and not for the first time. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm-hmm.